welcome to the Sunday Night Showdown. With your host, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexton. Yes, when you thought it was safe to turn on the old wrestling show, look who's back in town! Often attempted to be imitated, but always the original boom, Nick Boo Boo Sexton. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? The Sunday Night Showdown begins now. We're out of bottoms up tonight, but we'll be back soon. Uh, we didn't really want to compete with the uh, Flames game, seeing that, you know, Canadians are hockey fans, and the bar was packed, so... uh we are at my house tonight watching the TNA Turning Point segment. Of course, I'm being joined by Internet Dave, the producer, and my lovely and talented co-host, Boom Boom, who is not on the microphone right now, but she'll join us a little bit later. Wow, what a week it's been in professional wrestling, Gary. Absolutely. It's been uh, very crazy. And uh, we have a new world champion on Monday night. We do. You know, I... I stuck to my guns on this one. I was on Wrestling News Live a couple weeks ago, and I basically said that I didn't see Batista winning the world title because, well, he hasn't won the world title in, what, a year and a half, two years? Yep. Um, I was proven wrong on that one, but maybe I wasn't because Chris Jericho won in the steel cage match. Very good steel cage match, I might add, too. So I was uh, actually happy that Chris Jericho is still your champion because, honestly... I think Batista would be better off as a heel at this point. And since his loss to Jericho, I, I think that's the, re- the direction that they're going to send him in is that for the, the heel persuasion, I don't see Jericho dropping to Cena at Survivor Series. But I do see him dropping maybe the title back at Armageddon to Batista because it's rumored that it's going to be a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight title, Batista, Jericho, and John Cena. So, either way, I see Batista walking out of Armageddon with that championship, and I see Dave Batista going to WrestleMania the champion, and I see John Cena pulling out another Royal Rumble win, and it'll be John Cena versus Batista at WrestleMania 25. Just my humble opinion. Right. There's been a, there's been a lot of talk in the last six days that, that not only should uh, Batista take some time off, some probably well-deserved time off, he should also uh, come back as a heel. Because I think, this, I think, and a lot of other people think that the character's got really stale, and really, his last two or three promos I haven't liked very much. They're, they've just not been very, they've just been very typical quality, nothing above and beyond the Call of Duty for a world champion, which you have to give a guy like Cena credit for being able to do. He can he can pull he can pull promos like nobody else's business, and yes, that is a big part of this of this uh, of this industry in 2008. But uh, I think if uh, Batista came back as some sort of hardcore badass, uh, similar to what he was in uh, in the Meyer leagues, that would be a fantastic idea. He was a hardcore badass in the Meyer leagues. Well, um, in Louisville, he was the what was the name of his character in Louisville? Uh, prototype, yeah. So, no. 
No, Leviathan. Cena Le- was prototype. Oh, uh, Le- Cena. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, uh, Leviathan for uh, for uh, for for Dave Batista. So. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, if, if we we want to talk about the the cage match from from Monday Night Raw first, I saw it. You guys saw it. Just your uh, general thoughts. Um, he, you could tell Cena was in complete control. Or excuse me, Chris Jericho was in complete control of that match. And to me, I really thought that uh, Batista seemed completely lost. And he had to be followed along and had to be guided to, to get a good match. Well, it is Batista we're talking about. Yeah. And at least Jericho is a damn good wrestler. Batista is just, um, just a big guy, man, big bodybuilder. Yeah. I've never thought his work rate was, was that good. Uh, I will say this, though. I, I actually did like Batista back three years ago when he first was with Evolution, and he was the heel. He was a good heel. Yep. Um, he was the muscle of the group. And I honestly liked it when he actually turned on Triple H, won the world title. He was on he was on a roll. I mean, he was doing well, well those first couple of months, and then he got traded to SmackDown. And what the hell happened? Because ever since he's been to SmackDown, it's been a non-event for him. And now that he's back on Raw, people thought he was going to be doing better off, and it's still a non-event. He's just, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is, but being the face, being what he is, I, I just don't think it's working for him. I think you need a change of scenery. I think maybe being a heel would be good, but I really don't know where to go with him, honestly. That's right. Point. Well, you know what? Um, when I uh, sat down with a friend of mine and watched the show on the replay on Monday night, he had watched it earlier and said, you know what, man, you're going to see things in this cage match you've never seen in another cage match. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. I've seen everything a cage match can possibly have. But we saw some very innovative things, especially when Jericho uh, was going to fall out the door and managed to work himself back in because he wasn't supposed to win it yet. A lot of people thought that he had slipped and fallen, which in fact wasn't true. He, it was a very meticulous and very well orchestrated, and the finish was like no other finish to a cage match I've ever seen. No, I really enjoyed the finish. I, um, I like I said, I was very happy to see Chris Jericho walk away the World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, he shouldn't have lost it, but you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I think that the uh, the office tries to get behind Dave Bautista, and they they try to give him that push, and like, I mean, the fans love him. It's just. I don't know. It's just he's just not a world champion. I don't know what it is. There's just something about the guy that, that prevents it from happening. That wrestling is down, I guess, I'm assuming. That could be what the problem is. <laughs> Try again, Harmony. Well, I didn't want. What's up with going and like not telling us you're starting and we got muted microphones? I said, I said three minutes, two minutes, one minute. Come on! And I was grabbing my microphone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. I didn't stand you. I was fucking around with the mics and muted them. Well, I didn't want them to be during our 45 minutes uh, pre-music uh, show. I didn't want the, what we were talking about to get out on the air. Oh yes, because there's conspiracies brewing. Oh yeah. That's, that's the eternal question that we're asking. 
the same with Cena. The fans, most of the fans are behind him. Most of the fans are not behind him. You can't have most of the fans behind him. But they are. No, I'm not behind them. I'm not against them either. I just, I'm indifferent. I don't care for John Cena. I don't like John Cena. Everybody knows that, and that's that's fine. I don't have to like him. You know, I, I just, I get sick of the whole he's the greatest American hero gimmick. It just doesn't work for me. You know, we've already had a whole show gimmick. We don't need another one, do we? No, I don't think we do. The great American hero gimmick is just that's in the ring right now. Consequences Creed? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Actually, he's the cross <laughs> between Carlito and uh, Apollo Creed from the Rocky movies. So then, wouldn't that constitute some other dude? Yeah. Just say it. Put the damn microphone on. It might ruin my pretty hair. Uh, well, well, let's uh, officially welcome you to the turning point uh, as we start with our 10 man. X Division ranking qualifier match as basically as basically it's ten guys surrounding the ring trading each tagging each other back and forth and of course whoever loses first goes to the bottom of the rankings and whoever survives the longest goes to the top of the rankings and <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on we just started this TNA pay-per-view and well, as it, it, usual I'm lost well, it's a, well you know how a fatal four-way has three pins this is a fatal ten way with nine ten. No, a fatal four Shut way up. with one ten. Okay, well then, okay, this is a ten man elimination match. Ten man elimination match. Yeah, to that determine the X division rankings. It's gonna be one long ass match. Petey Williams is back to being a face again since uh, he hasn't been officially beat up by Scott Steiner, but you know it's coming very soon. But uh, being featured in the match right now, Sanjay Dutt, Eric Young, Jay Lethal, Consequences Creed, Petey Williams. Jimmy Rave, Homicide, Doug Williams, Tanahashi, and Volador Jr. I do like how they're bringing the international flavor into this match as well. Um, I'm guessing Showtime is the Canadian <laughs> input in that. Well, Showtime and Petey Williams. Yeah. How can I forget the Maple Leaf Muscle? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, I'll tell you how you can create the Maple Leaf Muscle. This is great. This segues into exactly what I wanted to talk about. I mean, I was going to elaborate on this next week on Wrestling Live. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But we're going to touch on it right now. It's dessert. Because this is something I definitely want to talk about. As most of you know, two months ago, TNA dropped a video game. TNA dropped a video game called TNA Impact. It massively... What did they drop it on? I think they dropped it on a load of crap. I think it fell out of a movie truck. Anyway... (laughs) So this video game was dropped from a manure truck. Yes. Probably sold anywhere from 300,000 to 400,000 sold, right? So it's a huge failure. Uh, one of the things that I've heard about, there's been uh, a lot of reports lately that the game has had a $20 price drop. And this is unheard of. In two months, games do not drop $20. It doesn't happen. Obviously, they're trying to get rid of stock because the games aren't selling. It does happen if the game sucks and nobody wants to buy it. Thank you, Harmony. I'm such a brat tonight. You are. Put your microphone. It's better than being a bitch, isn't it? So anyway, back to the point at hand. 
the downloadable content for said video game dropped on Thursday of this past week on the 6th. Here's the problem. I was going to download the DLC, but I didn't because it was taken off Xbox Live. Reason being, the people that actually spent 100 Microsoft points to purchase T.D. Williams and also to purchase Curry Man were treated to some very wild in-game glitches. When you chose T.D. Williams after you downloaded him, he came down to AJ Styles' music, was AJ Styles, in fact, during the ring entrance, was announced as the 187 homicide by the ring announcer, and upon entering the ring, became Sinshi. Oh, God. Now, I don't know. Maybe it's me, but that sounds pretty fucked up for downloadable <laughs> content. Christopher Dan... Oh, excuse me. Curry Man. Okay, Christopher Dan. No, no. Um, he, he told us explicitly that he's in Calgary. He is not Curry Man. Yeah, yeah. Play the gimmick. Anyway, uh, <laughs> when you pick Curry Man, Christopher Daniels comes down to, uh, to the ring. And then in the ring, he is Curry Man again. Uh, and I think the move set was pretty much the same. It didn't have Curry Man's finisher. It was the Angel Angel's finisher. So, uh, <clears throat> that's right, ladies and gentlemen. They took it off the market, and uh, they've, I think, reimbursed everyone who actually paid the 100 Microsoft points. Uh, How much does it cost for 100 Microsoft points? I believe that's $1.25. Oh, okay. So, it's not like they lost a huge amount. It seems like quite the debacle, though, for TNA. I mean, they had this video game that took them three years to make. The visually is beautiful. Gameplay apparently not so much. I don't play video games so but I've heard. Um there's downloadable content in the crapper, which I mean three days before SmackDown vs. Raw comes out, they're pretty well they're downloadable downloadable content, obviously to try and get the last little bit of the market before SmackDown vs. Raw came out. Um, but all in all, it's pretty sad for TNA. I also heard that over in the UK, they were in the clearance bin for five bucks. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's pretty sad. And I've actually, I don't, I can't confirm this. This is a rumor that I heard. But Midway, you know, they did close down some of their offices, especially the ones that actually dealt with the making of impact before the game even dropped. Um, I have heard talk that Midway may even scrap the second Impact game. The sequel that they were supposedly working on might not even happen, and who knows? Midway is not a game company that you go to for a successful franchise, unless it's Mortal Kombat. Yes. Let's face it, Midway makes arcade games, not home console games, and it was very clear when you played the Impact game that it was made for an arcade and not a home system. And it really is sad. They spent three years with a developer. Is it three years? Done? Three years. Yeah. This game was announced in 2005. Yep. So it's ridiculous. And, I, you know, i got to say, it's, I can't believe I spent 60 bucks on that game just to review it. Yeah. That's, that's what it is right now for you. Wow. 
So can you get our money back with that 20 bucks that it went down? I'm pretty sure that they will so. sell it back here. I'm pretty sure the stores are probably going to burn them. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you wouldn't even get that to take it into the used store. You would like it at the dollar twenty-five to get the downloadable content. I'm actually sure that somewhere there's going to be a landfill with not only the old ET Atari games, but with TNA Impact. <laughs> Bad. Well, uh, Christmas gifts. I'm buying TNA Christmas for you for Christmas. Five bucks. You don't, you don't have any friends, do you? Hey, Adam Trey. I have friends, but they ain't going to like me too much. Yeah. Adam Trey, get ready for your gift from the, uh, from the Jackson household. Watch, get ready. Unfortunately, <laughs> I can't actually get Adam the game. He's got it. He's yeah. I don't know, the smart people would actually trade it off by now. You might get five bucks credit for it, I don't know. I'm a collector. Yeah, three or four years from now when the company's been gone for, for a long time. Hey, when TNA existed, they made a video game. Let's put that in the Xbox 360 and, and rem- remind us about it. Wouldn't we rather watch the paper? <laughs> I was going to say you're a collector of what, bad video games? I have a lot of those. I, you know, I, I just I don't understand what the motivation. I mean, I want to see TNA succeed. I'm sick of being negative about them all the time. But it just seems to me like they cannot, for the life of them, catch a break. No. They make the worst fucking decisions in the history of worst fucking decisions. Well, and it, it is pretty sad because they did have a pretty decent platform to start with. Like, for their first... For their first effort, it wasn't bad. Maybe if they had brought it out three years ago at what it is now and then built on it the last three years, but it is a shame because TNA is really the closest thing. I'm not even going to call them competition, but the closest thing to competition for WWE. That would be UFC, As far as wrestling goes, though, I don't count UFC as wrestling competition, JJ. I count them as competition in entertainment. But not in wrestling. Wrestling fans are different than UFC fans. Not necessarily. There's a lot of wrestling fans that are UFC fans. There's a lot of wrestling fans that are football fans, but football fans are different than wrestling fans. It's a different genre. It's different things that, that attract you to it. Well, you've got a point there. I always have a point. I would say with the testing that, like, I mean, with this, with this stream.tv broadcast console, what I always do is I test them on a completely unique computer to make sure that it's going to uh, listen properly versus just relying on the fact that what I'm sending out is going to work. To me, a two, like two or three weeks before the downloadable content is made available this past Thursday, uh, November 6th, I guess, um, make some sort of cheat module and get your friend down the street who has an Xbox 360 to download this special location. Uh, the special one-person-only uh, downloadable content, make sure it works on his machine, and then maybe make sure it works on a guy in Britain's machine and a guy in Australia's machine and a guy in North America, uh, the top of North America, the bottom of South America, that sort of thing, and make those machines confirm that, that they work versus just relying on the fact that, well, when, they, when we do the testing internally in our own office, it works beautifully, not anticipating that once it goes goes out to the public, that may be where the problem occurs. Well, you would think that's what they do. I don't think you need to have a guy in the UK and a guy in the US and a guy in here and a guy in there do it. But you would think that they have people in TNA that that's all they do. They test. 
Yeah, but oh, I mean, oh, te- oh, test- you would Yes, well, testing in your own office versus testing at a random house somewhere, I think is maybe different. But I don't think that when when they test in their office, it's just them testing in their office. I would imagine that they have checks and balances in place to <laughs> check it outside of their actual little office. Well, now here's the thing, though. You guys are getting ahead of yourself. You're talking about the TNA guys testing it. It's, it's not. No, no, I'm talking about Midway. I thought you said TNA. No, I'm talking about the video game company. Yeah, Midway, I mean, every video game company has testers. Now, what happened was, again, before the game came out, they mixed about 90% of the crew that was working on the game, and they had to go to another location. So, obviously, what happened was they never finished the, the exact stuff, they never fully debugged the game, and that's the problem. I don't even know if it's going to be ava- made available once they fix the problem, or yeah. if it's even a fixable problem. Or if they really, if they really want, like if they really care to fix the problem. I mean, I think they also have to look at how many people were willing to buy that download- downloadable content. Content. I can't even talk to Um How many people were willing to buy that when it came out? If they had, you know, one. Of the people that bought it, and they're estimating that they've only sold about 400,000 copies. Is it even worth the money and the time and the effort to figure out how to do that? By the time they figure it out, oh, okay, so SmackDown vs. Raw has their downloadable content out, and they've sold millions of copies, so is it worth it for them to even try and fix it? I don't know. At this point, TNA would be smart to try to find someone else as a new game developer yeah. and just forget that they even have a game out. You know, and I feel bad for guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal and Christopher Daniels who lobbied and who spent all their time trying to make this a successful video game. With all, which granted, the only, the only thing about TNA's video game that really impressed me was the motion capture that these guys put forth. Because I tell you, in that game, when they're doing the moves, like, it looks like you're fucking getting killed. <laughs> Those guys put everything they had into selling that shit and making it look like it really fucking hurts, right? So, I feel bad because, you know, Samoa Joe, AJ, they were all like, oh, this is going to be the best wrestling game ever. And it, it kind of makes them look like douchebags for saying that the game is going to be like that. And then it turns out to be this, this fucking piece of shit. I don't think it makes them look like douchebags, but I do feel bad for them because when you look at the difference between WWE and TNA, the wrestlers in TNA put a lot of themselves into this game, put a lot of their heart, a lot a lot of themselves into it, and worked really hard. The entertainers over at WWE, I think it was just a payday for them. I mean, if I don't know about this year, but in years past, listening to, to some of them talk sounding like they're drunk or they just don't care or they're reading off of a piece of paper where the TNA guys really, really try to, to do something for them and unfortunately I don't think it paid off the way that everybody thought it would. No, it didn't and and I gotta be honest with you, even without downloadable content, the new Smackdown vs. Raw is probably the best SmackDown versus Raw that they've had so far. Yeah, why don't we transition into that? Well, I, I, I don't want to cover too much of it because I, I just started playing it, oh, okay. and I, I want to do a proper review, and I'll do that next okay. week on Wrestling News Live. But, um, and we have a match to talk about here as well. That's true. We are doing play-by-play and missing a whole lot of the plays. Yeah, but it's just the exhibition. <laughs> you know what? 
A lot of people like the exhibition. You know That's DNA's selling feature it is their exhibition. It, it still is, because these are the guys that aren't WWE rejects. These are the guys willing to take the risk. But you know what? These are the guys with hearts. Well, you know what, though? Most of, like, 90% of the guys in TNA have the heart. That's, that's the problem that you're not seeing. The problem is, the, the guys that are the bookers, and the, the guys that are, you know, like, all the fucking angles, they're the ones that are screwing everything up. These guys, every one of them, go out there and they bust their ass, and they, they give it 110%. It's just the storylines and the fucking finishes to matches. Oh, what totally kills everything for them. Kevin Nash gives 110%? I said the workers. Kevin Nash is not a worker. He is a has-been. Kurt Angle? Again. Booker. Oh, now hold on. Kurt Angle gives 110 Kurt Angle busts his ass in that ring. Booker T busts his ass in that ring. Kurt Angle does not bust his ass in the ring the way he did a few years ago. The hell he does not. I've seen him take a lot of risks. With that bad fucking neck of his. Because anything that he does is a risk to his bad fucking neck. Uh, I totally disagree with you. You know what? If, if he goes into quick, if he goes into a mixed martial arts ring, he will have a broken neck. He never will. Eric Young just won the uh, ten man elimination match. Shocking. Eliminating last. Uh, Black and Cheese with all Jay Lethal. And based on what Trey and Adam were talking about on Thursday night on Wrestling News Live, this was the perfect time to re-showcase the exhibition wrestlers and to, to, to get these guys on the pay-per-view. You know, like I said, the exhibition, all these guys give it their all. And I'm glad to see Eric Young is not living with the gimmick anymore. This is Eric Young. He's going out there and he's trying to make a, a mark in this business. I'm liking it. I'm liking the... I can accuse between the main event mafia and the young town. I, I, I like what this is doing. As long as it's done right. As long as it... This little feud reminds me so much of NWO. And as long as they keep it to the select players and it doesn't go overboard and it's not your entire storyline for the entire show for the next three years, it could be good. But... They gotta be really careful with it. Well, you know what? This major faction war, half the roster versus the other half of the roster, reminds me of the old uh, weekly pay-per-view days with Sports Entertainment Extreme being led by Vince Russo and, and guys going randomly in and out and in and out of that group, and then eventually they just decided, you know what, this is over one day, and they stopped talking about it and they moved on. Right now, I don't mind this. Like I said, it's only five guys. As long as it's not 15 guys on the on the main event mafia side, there's always there's been rumors for three or four years that it was going to be X WWE WCW guys versus everybody else. Right now, I'm not getting that complete five where it's hey you had to have been with Vince. Who are the five guys? Or Turner, or Turner to, to get into that group. Who are the five guys? The main event mafia. Sting, Booker T. WCW, 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 or WCW slash WWE. No, keep going. What, no, what I mean is, is that on on the TV, they're not really projecting, hey, you guys came from the other companies, and you think that you can, because you're from the other companies, and you never and you didn't start in TNA like we did, that you think you'll just be able to dominate everybody. But it's just five guys who've been in a in the comp, in the wrestling business for 10, 15, 20 years, saying, hey, we're we deserve the respect of being veterans from these rookies. Who, who could care less about what he's going to pave the way versus 
this versus everybody else. But they paved the way by being in WCW and WWE and being at the top of the game. Well, like I said, I'm not. But I mean, if if they were physically saying the other company, the other company, the other company, up north, up north, things, things, things. You don't need to say Eric, Eric, Eric. You don't see AJ Styles in the group. You don't see Samoa Joe in the group. You don't see anybody that was TNA and was never anywhere else in the group. But, well, the thing was, like, if they the had, cream of the crop is from the other company. But if they had executed this three years ago, it would have been Vince, Vince's group against non-Vince's group. And I'm glad that this has turned out the way it is. I don't mind this at all. Unfortunately, we have to think, Jeff, that uh, the main event mafia to stay strong, just like the... Uh, just like the alliance in the invasion, they have to start dominating for the first little while, and I think tonight's going to be a perfect example. I like Joe over Nash, but um, things, I think Sting's probably going to successfully defend against AJ. Uh, Kurt Angle will destroy Abyss, and Booker T. Christian, I'm kind of flipping a coin because I think Christian's going to win, and uh, and then like I'm kind of 51-49 on this branch. Christian wins the Legends title, he loses the Legends title in about a month or so, then he disappears, versus getting in, being indoctrinated into the main event mafia and then being kicked out just at the perfect moment. Well, it's funny that you bring that up, because I actually have a different theory. I know everybody thinks that Shane is probably going to uh, retain against AJ Styles, but I'm pulling for Styles, the Styles my boy. And yep. I'm going to tell you why. Because honestly, Shane never holds the title for very long. He wins it and loses it within about a month. Every time he's ever won that title. So, I see AJ Styles going over with a big win to Team TNA. I see Christian Cage beating Booker for the Legends title. Now, here's where this goes. Shane challenges for the Legends title next because Shane is the one who should have that title. Because he is a legend. Kurt Angle challenge with AJ Styles takes the title from Styles because he's the leader of the group. I can't see anybody else really carrying that title other than Kurt Angle in that fashion, honestly. Well, I think the main event mafia has to go out there and they have to be strong tonight. They have to win everything and they have to win big. Yeah, I'll How else do you get a group over? You can't get them over if they lose everything. We agree. We completely agree. I would agree with what you're saying, but I can't see Christian Cage going to the main event mafia as Booker's slave. I just don't see it happening. Why would he be Booker's slave? Apparently, I don't okay. watch TNA enough. You don't. You, you don't I know what you're talking about. I miss the stipulation. <laughs> if Christian loses tonight, he has to go join the main event mafia. Okay, well, nobody discussed that uh, stipulation, and apparently I didn't know about it, so I'm uninformed and Opinions. Well, uh, among a group like that, if you've got five that are volunteers and one that is not a volunteer, then obviously uh, they're going to treat him a little bit differently if, if he's stuck in the group versus being uh, versus being invited into the group. So it's a completely different issue. But like I said, let's get into uh, what is actually listed here as we're a half hour in and one match into the card. Coming up right now is uh, the Knockouts champion, Awesome Kong, who should be holding the belt. And Raisha Saeed versus Taylor Wilde and Roxy Laveau. Uh, they've been profiling Roxy Laveau for the last three or four weeks on uh, on TV. 
seeing an impact on Thursday nights on Spike as this the only real hardcore female that they have. And I like her style. I think, I mean, she should let her hair grow back. I mean, that match was eight months ago. But it's, I like her, her style. But, I mean, you know what, Kong? I don't think we've really talked about this since we've come back. In a way, you could really think she dominates a little bit too much. She looks more hardcore, though. Well, I mean, I think if they had a hardcore rules match between uh, Austin Kong and Roxy Laveau, that it would be very, very entertaining. Because Roxy Laveau just doesn't strike me as hardcore. Well, like I said, you, had, you would have had to have seen the, uh, the uh, rough cut segments they did on Impact to... Oh, you have? Okay. I still just, I just can't get behind her as hardcore. I mean, she's all of 108 pounds. Looks <laughs> like she stole something out of the Hardy Boys old Woodrush. Well, I mean, you know they used to wear the plaid? Oh, yeah. She's certainly not the uh, the voodoo queen that uh, came out with, uh, with, <laughs> with the game gang. Thank God. I don't want to see her do those stupid movements that she used to do. <laughs> like the having a seizure in the middle of the ring. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, you, you see Taylor Wilde's uh, entrance graphic, and it's got stars and stripes all over it. And uh, she's Canadian. <laughs> I don't like Taylor Wilde. Where the hell did she come from? She's from... Uh, she's from... Uh, uh, that... The same company that's uh, Border City. Border City from that uh, that the the beautiful people are from, I'll run by this. run by Scott Demore. I'll say this: the women in TNA bust their ass and they can actually wrestle. So I'll give them that. They at least have an advantage over say ninety percent of the divas in the WWE. There are a few that can't actually be and, and you know what? Eric Young made the point earlier uh, after he won the match that, hey, we're not entertainers, we're not showmen, we're not sideshow freaks, we're wrestlers, and, and this is what we do, and this is what this match is going to be all about. Right. He's so. wrong. He's wrong because he is an entertainer. And he has been an entertainer since the day he stepped into the, into the ring. Because whether he realizes it or not, he goes out there and entertains the fans. Well, he's, he is a wrestler, but he is entertaining. He is not an entertainer. Technically, he should be listed he's as an entertainer. Anyone who is in this business is an entertainer. Okay, so someone who plays football, is, enter- someone who plays football is entertaining because... They're entertaining you because you're watching the game, but they're still an athlete. They're still a football player. I think it was a dig. It was a dig at WWE and their entertainers because they're not wrestlers. They're entertainers. It's a good dig. It's a very good dig. It's a dig. But the problem is, it does reflect on them. Whether they realize it or not, they are entertaining. People are entertained to watch this. Thus, they are entertainers. So I see the point WWE is trying to make. But WWE is just cheap. They're trying to get out of that. Make a point. They're trying to not pay money. That they can afford to pay, by the way. Not really. Their house shows are down. Like the market's been bad. They make they make more than TNA. That's true. And they're sticking with their wrestler. You know. You know what? I don't understand how TNA is still in business. Honestly, after all the bad mistakes that have been made in the last couple of years. I don't understand how they're still open. Because Panda Energy has a shitload of money, and uh, they have one believer 
and the one believer is the one with all the dough. If the, if the person with the dough didn't believe anymore, they'd have been dead, long dead. Well, it's like WCW. They were around a very long time before they made money, and then they made money in turn, and they made a shitload of money. And then they lost a shitload of money. So perhaps this one believer who has a shitload of money, they did that. They harder. If it wasn't for Ted Turner and his believe in the product, yep. then WCW would have went under long before, but they turned that, pro- that product around, and it took what, like 13 years? Yeah, they, like that, to turn it around yeah they, they weren't doing very good business pre-NWO days. I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't happen overnight, and you've got to put money in, you've got to invest money, and you've got to be willing to wait a very long time for it to do anything. Because who knows? Maybe in five years, TNA will be turning a profit and making money and actual competition for Vince. Now, you know, maybe I'm just misinformed. I, I don't really know, but do the... Um, do the fans in the Impact Zone actually have to pay to go see this game? I, I they get in free because they used to. Well, I think um, you pay to get into Universal Studios or or uh, I think they get into Impact tapings for free. But well, I mean, obviously Adam and Trey would know that. Of course, they were there three years ago. I don't honestly. I don't think there is any charge. But at the same time, uh, unless they have a special interest that you can't be in the rest of Universal Studios. Or else these people go to Universal Studios during the day, hang out, enjoy the ride, and then they go to the Impact Zone in the evening. It's a selling feature for Universal Studios. So it's like it's like when you go to a rodeo and there's a wrestling, a wrestling show. We used to do lots of wrestling shows at rodeos and stuff. And they wouldn't pay to come to the wrestling show. They would pay their, their gated admission to get into the rodeo. And then... Um, they could come to the wrestling show. We still made money because we got a portion of that. So I would imagine that they have a deal with Universal Studios as well that they that they do get a small portion of it. So it's it's just an added feature to Universal Studios. It's an attraction. Yeah, I think it's like the Calgary Stampede and the Superdogs. <laughs> as soon as you pay your admission, everything else is free. Yeah. Or the concert. Go, go stage, yeah. The Calgary Stampede paying your 13 bucks to get in and then having these big name concerts. But consider this. It's it's similar, but it's different because when you think of the Calgary Stampede, it's a huge festival that's held once a year. When you think of TNA Impact, it's something they do every week. No, but it's a selling feature for Universal Studios. Some people, I'm sure, just go to Universal Studios to go to TNA. You know, I remember back in the day when WCW wasn't turning a profit. They were actually paying professional actors to sit in the front row to try and get some type of fan response out of them to yeah. interact with professional wrestlers. To try to cheer the uh, faces and boo the heels. Yeah. And, and to me, it, it's the same way almost as TNA. Granted, they're not paying people to sit in the audience, but people aren't paying to see the shows either. And when you're not no, paying... No, Universal is, is paying them, I would assume. I'm trying to make a point here, when they, when people are not paying to go see your shows, that's got to be telling you something. It's the point I'm trying to make. Whether Universal Studios is paying TNA is not the fucking point that I'm trying to make. The point is, those people are walking in there and are not paying a dime to fucking watch it. They're there. A lot of times, with people, they just drag in off the, oh, there's a wrestling event. Come and watch it. 
But when they do their house shows and stuff, people pay. And they're dead. Look at the crowd. There's a couple people cheering, but most of them are just sitting there like, what the hell is going on right now? It's just sad. Like, I want this company to do well. I really do. Uh, so do I. I mean, I like the six-sided ring. I like the X-Division. I like a lot of the stuff they do. I'm not a fan of the reverse battle royal. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the King of the Mountain match. Yep. I- I'm not a fan of these stupid gimmick matches that they do just about every other month. I just don't get it. Like, at some point you have to realize, hey, it's time to like, make a profit. It's time to make some changes. Yep. Well, you know what? I do like uh, how they've renovated the set. I like the new set a lot. But you know what? The new set is awesome. I do like that. And, and it actually frees up more seats for people, if you notice. Yeah, I think they were able to add three or 400 extra seats or something. Well, when so. you don't have two instant plays, yep. it makes it a lot easier. And they still have the kind of left for heels, right for faces, right left, left for faces, right for heels entrance. And uh, so that it works. And you got that big screen and stuff. I think in the old days, it was very hard to see those screens, depending on where you were in the arena, for like backstage interviews and stuff. And now with one central screen, which is very well lit up and stuff, it works perfectly for me. You know, I know that you're nostalgic and I know that you're missing the cage dances. <laughs> I know you, Gary. I am. Aren't you a cage dancer? <laughs> Oh, I, I thought I heard a rumor that one of the TNA wrestlers was a cage dancer at the very beginning. Uh, like, uh, like, um, uh, Lollipop. Yeah. He was training the wrestler. Okay. Well, you, well, speaking of nostalgic, of course, we, uh, we all miss, um, <laughs> we all miss the, uh, the female interviewer that was there at the very beginning who, uh, managed Goldilocks? Goldilocks. <laughs> And by me, I hope you're not um, putting me into that loving and, and how I love to see Alex Shelley as a baby bear. <laughs> you know what? I uh, I was watching uh, Laundry yesterday, and uh, Johnny Devine, when he was here about a year and a half ago, I bought a Team Canada shirt and a uh, shirt with the, uh, with, uh, the other one. Paparazzi production. I know, because I got a Team Canada shirt. And, and they're both shut down now, and it's like, I mean, believe me, I was very happy to give Divine the money when he was still in the company. Oh, Tara Wilde pins Raisha Saeed, and they are the winners of this contest. But uh, it, 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 it's kind of weird to, to see that. and uh, I mean, it, it's nostalgic, and it's good, but it, it is kind of unexpected. All right, well, what we're going to do is uh, play some music. We're going to take a break. We're at our two-match break rule, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Don't Feel free to uh, contact us, private messages in the, uh, in the chat room. Give us your opinions we, or questions. We can talk about them during the, during the program. Or, of course, uh, it's Sunday Night Showdown at Hotmail.com. We go to a backstage interview with the Mafia. But we will be back. Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real Today, we salute you, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. 
while lesser designers would shy away from putting 300-pound men in spandex. You embrace it. Pushing back into its limits, literally, you pair tights with a cape, a leotard with a mask, leather boots with a thong. All understated ways of saying, I'm going to rip your head off and look fabulous doing it. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Guy, because without you, a man crushing another man's head in his arms would just look silly. But right here, I suppose, goes Missouri. Sunday Night Showdown, bringing coverage from TNA's latest pay-per-view offering, Turning Point. As we went to commercial, they started up the match between uh, Sheikh Abdul-Bashir and the War Machine Rhino. And I got to say, I am really not digging the whole gimmick against Bashir. I, I like Bashir, but every time somebody faces Bashir in the ring, they have to have a military guy come out and ring it out. Now, it's just not working for me. I'm sorry. It's just not working. Okay. The dude comes out. He's supposed to be a terrorist. He came out with music with plane crashes in it. I love the gimmick. I'm not saying that. No, I love love the military man coming out and giving the support to the military troops that way. I'll tell you what, if they really want to do something for the troops, why don't they uh, go put on a show for them? But then that would be stealing from other entertainers. They're not entertainers. They're wrestlers. I don't know. And, of course, if you missed it earlier, Eric Young uh, actually won the X-Division matchup, the 10-man elimination, and so he is now the number one contender for uh, whoever wins this match, he will be the number one contender for the exhibition title. I have no problem with Rhino in this match. I have no problem with anybody in the exhibition. Like, as far as I'm concerned, Oh, 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 oh. I have to break in right here. I just noticed something that wasn't here before. There's Uh-oh. about six guys with JWO shirts on in the front row with ball right in the middle. Oh, God. Violent J and Shaggy Tudo are in the front row, Juggalo World Order. Apparently, Scott Hall was supposed, supposed to appear on their house show recently. I'm not sure when that was. Halloween. And on Halloween night, how yeah. appropriate. And Bashir just acknowledged them. I think he kind of gave them a, a, uh, a bit <laughs> of a Oh, he gave them a... No, he was doing the, he was doing the Razor Ramon-like <laughs> thing and then flipped them off. Scott Hall is in the front row of this show, everybody, which makes me think that uh, that there could be a very serious issue between uh, Kevin Nash and Samoa Joe later tonight. 
I don't like this because obviously something's going to happen in this match. Why did they have all these clowns out here with their t-shirts on for the entire show and then, you know, just sneak stuff all in there? And then we wouldn't notice, but because they weren't there for the entire show and they're across from the hard camera, we know they just got there. We know something's going to happen. Well, it's good to see that the, uh, the, you know, Shaggy Tito's and Violent J. Violent J are in the house with Scott Hall. That's that's awesome. Apparently, Scott Hall is alive and well, ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah, I mean, we had been talking about that a couple of weeks ago, so. Which was only reported at one place. But it's nothing cool. further. I tell rumors. I mean, he the man's pretty healthy to me. The man's walking upright. That's an accomplishment. Every um, time I get up and. I, every time I wake up and can walk up right, I consider that a bit of an accomplishment, too, so. <laughs> well, I figure probably what's going to happen tonight is Scott Hall is going to get slapped or something by Samoa Joe. Yep. No, he, oh, something's going to happen in this match. Not this match. No. Something is going to happen in this match. Why were they not or, for the other three or, matches? Or in both matches. matches. Could be this one this and that Scott one. Hall. He's always late. He's got a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what about the clowns? The show starts at nine, right? Oh, wait a minute. When I want to come. It started at eight. They've got their own wrestling federation on me. In Detroit, no less. Well, obviously there's a deal. They wouldn't just fly down to Detroit to Orlando just to, hey, let's go to a TNA show and buy front row tickets for us in Harkin. Well, you know what? I will give... People do not... Wrestlers do not buy front row tickets to go to a wrestling show. Well, they fly from Detroit for no go. reason. Are they, are they in Orlando? They're in Orlando. They're to get in. They paid in to get to the park. They didn't pay to watch the show. Did they pay to kick everybody out that was sitting in the front row? Well, probably the front row was fan- friends and family right at the beginning. It's like, hey, you can go into the front row for, for free for the first two matches, oh, and then you have to leave. Please, there were, you know, if, if it was anything, it was those people were empty and we didn't notice, <laughs> or it was a bunch of... <laughs> Let's rewind it. Let's rewind. We'll stand right behind you, even though we're a foot shorter than you. I will give, I will give them credit though. The Insane Clown Posse appeared on all three companies: ECW, WCW, and WWE. For some silly reason, all three companies were willing to bring Jay and uh, and. And Shaggy into, into the Federation. What are you giving them credit for that they can put face paint on well? Like, no, but what have they for done? whatever reason. What do they do for any of the three companies? That Oddities song was actually pretty catchy. Which song? The song for the Oddities. I didn't think we'd be talking about it. They cloud possibly that I hear on. Yeah. Vampiro had good face paint. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll tell you, we did our, our Halloween podcast last week, and it's still in the uh, archive section, and please check it out, and like I said, once we get iTunes together, uh, all of those shows will be downloaded to your uh, iTunes account immediately, you and can check out all the archives. honestly say right now, the Halloween podcast is doing better than the TNA Impact video game. <laughs> anyway, at the at the very end, because it was a Halloween themed show, uh, basically we said I think the last topic was what's the scariest thing you've ever seen in the wrestling business. You could make the argument hey! Clown Posse's makeup is the scariest thing ever in the in the wrestling business. Now, Bastion Booger. 
Actually, you know what we were talking about that harmony when he you lived here like for how long? In, in Calgary? Yeah. Like almost twelve years. Okay. Did, did you see the old no, movie where Mike Shaw and, and uh, Owen Hart had their rivalry? No. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I wasn't born then. That's true. I forgot. You're right. Um. <laughs> oh, and this is the evil ref. Or this is the referee who feels like uh, getting involved. Bashir spits in the face of the referee, turns around, gore, done. But uh, Mike Shaw was a badass, certifiable badass. So oh. wins the match, but he's not the X Division champion. No. Yeah. I'm confused. I thought this was the X Division championship. No. I'm confused. So I'm, I'm totally fucking lost. I think this referee, we haven't seen the last of him being involved in Bashir's matches, but yeah. Rhino is immediately went out of, out of the ring, and the gimmick is finished. Well, look, it's dirty more announcer. So no ICP. Nick Foley in the uh, the the, uh, the locker room of let's say calling the new blood for the lack of originality. You know, I'm gonna give Nick credit. I mean, I respect the hell out of Nick Foley. Because he's willing to do what he wants to, to do. I mean, if he doesn't want to do it, he won't do it. If he wants to, he'll go do it, right? He lets everything eat. And I don't blame him for leaving there because obviously he's getting screamed at by Vincent Man. Why not? I'm going to break in here real quick. Uh, Shelly and Saban are like disrespecting the rest of the locker room, so make it sound very. So, again. More with the. Don't be surprised if they don't join the friggin' main event mafia because you know. Why would they join though? They don't have any respect, and isn't that what it's all about? Respect. They fully talking about to them about wrestling and how you have to respect the people that have been around. And I, you know, I really can't believe all the people in this wrestling room or in this locker room don't respect those people. It's a, it's a. Hard sell for me to actually actually believe that they don't respect where they came from. Well, thing is, I think it's a case of basically they're saying, you know what, this isn't our fight. We we're not going to join the main event mafia because we don't we don't agree with what they say. But at the same time, this is you're you're asking us to get involved in the war that we don't want to get involved with. We just want to do our own thing. And then with kind of a sarcastic attitude, that appears to be what they're up to. Jay Lethal wanted a piece of them, but they were able to separate them in the locker room. But who the hell knows what's happening now, because the guns are on their way down to the ring to the tag team title match. And, uh, certainly if I'm wrong, but isn't it LAX? Aren't they the tag team champions? No, it's... No, beer money. Beer money, yeah. See, I'm totally lost. I have not watched TNA in forever. And yet you're giving me shit for not watching TNA. Well, thanks for doing your research there, Jeff. Getting ready for the, prepared for the show tonight. <laughs> Sorry. Responsibilities. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got to break in that uh, SmackDown versus Raw game and, and learn everything. You do you know what? Do you know when he got this game? This morning. No. Oh. Kind of. Sort of. Midnight. Twelve oh one. And he owned Second Person Raw. Who is still open? Best Buy or? Walmart. And Walmart doesn't have, Walmart is now open 24 hours in some places in Calgary. Okay. They don't have, they don't have people working in the department. 
So he actually had to call Walmart <laughs> and talk to the store manager. A store manager? Hold on. Oh, yeah. There's a story behind all this. Don't, don't sit there and pull that shit. A store manager? He called the manager. I did, and I'm going to tell you why I called the manager. I went to Walmart yesterday just to go pick up some stuff. I happened to go into the electronics department, which I always do because I live there. And uh, upon my uh, my notice in Walmart there, I just happened to see that they had SmackDown vs. Raw 2009 in the case. Oh, in the case. <laughs> it was in the case on display. But you forgot to mention that you went to Walmart to see if it was in the case on display, just in case Walmart fucked up and put them on the shelf early. <laughs> Either way, I said I was in Walmart, I went to go look, and sure enough, it was there. So I tried to purchase it at that point. The guy took it out of the cabinet and was going to sell it to me. He got to the register and it wouldn't ring up. Then he's like, oh yeah, this isn't going to sell until tomorrow. Well, it is tomorrow, fuckhead. No. no. <laughs> oh, okay. This was like 3 o'clock yesterday in the afternoon. Oh, yesterday afternoon, okay. So, 8 o'clock last night, I called up the manager, and I'm like, hey, you're in your store today. I wanted to buy a game. So you weren't selling it. It was, in, it was on the shelf, but you weren't going to sell it until tomorrow. So he basically set me a copy aside and gave me a 10% discount. Nice. And I went and picked it up at midnight. Nice. Excellent. So they fucked up. Yeah. And wh- they compensated me. Yeah. Why display something that's not on sale yet? I completely agree. So I thought I had a legit right. Yeah, absolutely. And they were very accommodating. So, uh, you know. yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that that that's a great that's a great story. <laughs> what do you expect in this match here? Obviously, the guns haven't gotten a title shot in quite a while. And you know what? Beer money's doing their doing their thing. I mean, uh, obviously, TNA hasn't rushed to rehire Chris Harris. Well, you know, they're not going to rush to rehire Chris Harris. He left on bad terms. And let's face it, a lot of people thought that Chris Harris was. He guy in that tag team, and I got to be honest, I liked James Storm as soon as America's Most Wanted broke up, and he was going and doing the cowboy gimmick and using the beer bottles. Uh, it was great for him. He really stepped out of that shadow that was cast by Chris Harris, yes. and showed that he was a much better talent than Chris Harris. And I'm not saying that Chris Harris is a bad talent. I'm just saying that it, it appears to me, in my opinion, that James Storm stepped out of that role. He kind of made a gimmick for himself and took it to the next level. Now, I'm liking German. Yep. I like Bobby Roos. I like James Storm. I think it's a good pairing. I think they're a better tag team. I'm going to agree with Adam Martin on this. They're a better tag team as beer money than America's Most Wanted ever was. From what perspective? They have much better teamwork. You can have a Canadian on the team now. No, I think it's because they actually like each other. Oh, oh. What, to do with Storm it. and Harris didn't like each other back then? You have some inside news? No, I don't. <laughs> well, you don't leave it at that. All right, fine. I mean, people will make the argument that Robert Roode couldn't really get over on his own because he did the whole uh, I'm super rich JBL type style didn't really translate after Team Canada but before beer money and that he has to be a member of, of a group to, to work. I, I don't personally agree with that myself. I think it's a hell of a challenge. 
I think Bobby Roode is good enough to be a main event level guy. And I never understood why he was held back. I mean, granted, Team Canada, he did well. And after that, he was just left nowhere. He came up with the Bobby Roode gimmick, which I thought was great. And he was supposed to be this big main event player. And again, TNA's booking was, we're going to put him on, not on the pay-per-view, but the pre-show to the pay-per-view. And he's going to have a manager. And that no one watches. Exactly. So it was... But I'm glad to see that these guys have really gelled well together, and, and I like them as a tag team champion. I don't see the guns taking these to me. Well, considering there's been absolutely no build-up to it, and obviously it sounds like to me that the guns are going to, based on what we saw earlier tonight, are going to be involved in something a little bit bigger than, than the tag team titles at this point. And I mean... boy's got a beer bottle coming to the face, I guarantee it. Yeah. So this match is over, stand here. Well, it's funny, because uh, Jacqueline isn't dressing like she normally used to. I mean, when they were, for some reason, she's kind of gone away from the Tennessee cowgirl thing into well, a more formal really manager. Yeah. She didn't really fit as the, I don't know, white class manager role with, you know, Robert Rude who promoted. I don't know, it just didn't work. I agree. I completely agree, and uh, th- this is a much better way of her doing it. And like I said, if Scott Hall or uh, ICP get involved, we will let you know live. Live, live. Not many black girls or cowgirls. That is true. From uh, Tony O in the chat room. Very, that, that's a very good know that is true, Dave. <laughs> Hey, uh, you tell me, Tony O's from Minnesota, so... I'm, I'm from Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma. <laughs> you name it down south, I've been there, and I've lived there. Yeah. And I've seen black cowboys. I've seen black rodeo guys. I mean... Oh, I have too, yeah. Yeah, Fred Whitfield is the best tie-down roper in the world. And yeah, he, uh, know, I don't fucking know any. He's an African-American individual. Oh, speaking of, uh, I don't know if we... I mean, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but something, uh, Cowboy Troy. <laughs> he was a cowboy, yeah. Cowboy Troy. That'll work. Yeah. Um, something significant kind of happened on Tuesday. Did you have any specific thoughts on this? Jeff doesn't give a shit. However, I cried. Wow. You know what? I'll say this. Um, I, I just hope Obama can stick to his guns and, uh, bring change. I mean, granted, it's not going to happen in a year, and it's not going to happen in four, and apparently he thinks it's going to take, you know, eight years, and it might, but I just, I think the economy in the state right now is so far fucked because of George Bush, and if, if John McCain had any chance in hell of ever winning the presidency, he lost it the day he fucking decided to pick Sarah Palin as his fucking running mate. Well, and, and realistically, I don't think it would have mattered who ran for the Republicans, whoever ran after Bush, fucking didn't have a chance. Fucking Beetlejuice from the Howard Stern show could have fucking ran against <laughs> Honestly. No, but honest, honestly, I mean, they have, whatever Republican was going to run has to follow the legacy that George Bush and he is quite possibly the worst president of all time. I said that four years ago, before he got reelected. I mean, he leaves office with 92% of people not believing in him. Pretty fucking high. You know, he made, he made his money off the oil boom, and, you know, he's going to be sitting pretty for the next couple of years, but granted, he completely fucked the United States up. 
completely. It was it was pretty funny though in our household because of course JJ is the American and I'm the Canadian and we're in Canada and uh, I'm quite into politics and JJ's not so into politics and so I was getting all into it and he was kind of like we watched something else. <laughs> I think uh, SmackDown vs. Raw just come out. Let me go check and see if it's in yet. <laughs> They came out six days early in Calgary. It was very moving. I mean, McCain's speech, his concession speech, was very, very gracious yeah. um, in, you know, what everybody supports the man. Um, Obama's speech was just amazing. Yeah. And even even though I knew the whole time Obama's going to win, Obama's going to win, and getting home and watching it and seeing that he actually did win, as soon as he actually did win, I wasn't here because... Three years ago, even, I would have never thought that I would live to see a black president in my lifetime. And, you know, we're in a new time. We're in, in a completely different time where anything can happen, but I still wouldn't have ever thought it. So to see him actually win was very moving. And his speech, my God, the man is a speechwriter. He's... He's so captivating listening to him talk. So, yay. I was happy. I want to say it doesn't affect me because I'm Canadian, but it does. It affects the entire world. So, um, it was it was very emotional. It was, it was very good. And so, fair. Yeah, we're the number one exporter and the number one importer, so it's going to affect us quite a bit. You know, I still think it's sad, though, that, I mean, kudos to, to Obama. I think it's great that a black man finally has broken that barrier and taken that office. But it's just sad that, you know, civil rights are doing so well, and yet in states like California and other places, they, they repealed the uh, gay, marriage. gay marriage laws. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And not, and not even the governor could stop it from happening. He was against it, but yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, quickly on that, I think it's just a, quest, a question of marriage versus civil civil unions, and that one partner can't visit the other one if they're in ICU and stuff like that. So, but I don't want to see anything between anyone. I don't want to see anything between a guy and a girl, two girls, two guys. I just I'm not into the whole PDA thing. Well, what you do in your life doesn't affect me. What makes you happy doesn't affect me. And I kind of related it to, you know, marrying someone from the U.S. And, you know, it's possible they can and cannot marry. Yeah, exactly. Who makes you happy through love? That's, you know, that's what's important. So it was rather... Well, well, well he, I didn't say you did. Well, I was gonna, well yeah, I mean, if anybody was feeling up to marry an American, they, they would have to regret it 
no matter what anyway. So the rest of their life. So, but anyway. You the door for you. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get back into the wrestling topic. But, yeah, like I said, I mean, a pretty significant uh, a moment this on is, Tuesday. Uh, this has been a really good match between the Guns and, uh, and Beerman. Yeah, it's been very, very solid. A couple of really good spots, a couple of really traditional tag team spot, spots. And uh, Jacqueline, Jacqueline getting involved in the uh, on the apron as well was, has been a highlight to this particular contest. Well, we've got David and Sally setting up for... Uh, one high, one low. I don't know what you call that move. I guess what they call it. I don't know. The high, low, 69. Well, that's what your money looked like. They were in the position for Well, it's kind of like the reverse 69 now. Very nice PDC there. Well, the springboard off the road. Apparently, there's been some sort of APB out for Perry Saturn. Oh, what's going on with Saturn? Yeah, well, just that... Uh, the, the, the local police, uh, this is just a rumor I've heard, but just the local police have been informed that nobody's heard from him in four weeks, and, well, and they're wondering where, he's, where he is. And, and when George Walsky died, you see, there was <laughs> they were trying to track him down, and nobody could track him down, and yeah. he was somebody that they had really expected to be there for that whole thing, so. Yeah, very well, he's okay. Now, I, I kind of want to. Talk about something else in just a second. Uh, Raw had their. I do care. I like Saturn. He was a. I like Saturn too. A damn good wrestler, and, and I really enjoyed the Moffy gimmick. Oh God! I hope Saturn's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Terry, if you're listening, you're alive and well. Call us. Listen to your face. Seriously. Send us an email. Um. I kind of want to talk a little bit about Raw. Uh, well, not so much Raw as in, like, the Raw three-hour show, but WWE in general, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Really, you don't want to talk about Raw. You want to talk about WWE. Exactly. And? I, I want to talk about some uh, releases that have happened this week. None of them were Raw. <laughs> 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 oh, no, he's just trying to say Paul London was on Raw, thank you very much. Yeah, a year ago. At some point. He was still on the roster, considered. Yeah, true. Chris, Chris Saban, a very close two and a half on James Storm. But, yeah. Well, super crazy after his release, because apparently he was promised many times for a push. And, let's face it, you're super crazy. I mean, you've got to feel for the guy. I never understood why he was on any brand other than ECW. Yeah. Super crazy was an ECW original. And I, I wish that, like, Kajiri was on the new incarnation of ECW and so was Super Crazy because I'll tell you what some of the best band matches I ever saw in ECW were between those two yep the Mexican death matches everything those guys put on they had a great chemistry together and it just I never understood why Super Crazy was wasted as a jobber on Raw or a jobber on Smackdown and he could have been somebody of significance on the ECW brand I agree and I mean it's a, a specific example is like We've talked about it in the past on the old show and now, and it's it's really a case that um, Raw is the A show, SmackDown is the B show, except for The Undertaker and Triple H, and, and ECW is the C show. And like I said, you, basically they needed a main, they needed a recognizable name, aka Charlie Haas, aka Snitsky, and guys, Valentinus, guys like that, to be able to put over the uh, the higher level guys on Raw versus the higher level guys one having to take a having to take a job and take a, a loss in the loss column 
something they couldn't really afford to. And I think that's an example of why. Yeah, ECW could be the best show because you could throw all those guys in there, just let them develop, and just let them get better and better amongst each other. But like I said, that's very likely why it's going to be that way. And that's why Charlie Fred the Hitman Haas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's getting beat every week in 30 seconds, and he's coming out with all these gimmicks, but yes, he's getting paid Monday Night Raw dollars, and you can't blame him for that. At least they found something for Charlie Haas. Let's face it, the guy's doing a great job, and, and Boom and I actually had an argument over, uh, we, used to, we used to talk about like some of the gimmicks that Haas was going to do, and I actually said he'd be like a Hitman Haas, and you <laughs> said he was going to be? Yeah, I think Brett the Hoss man heart either or would have been fine, but yeah. But I did, but I did say Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Hoffman, and they did use that, and that was pretty awesome. Him as, uh, as Beth Phoenix was hilarious. He did a, he did her perfectly. He imitated her absolutely perfectly. Boy, it was hilarious. Especially, oh my God, graphic, oh my God. Traffic just hit a standstill in the TNA ring. That was, if we were at the bar right now, Omar and Aaron would be like, Bosh! Bosh! Well, explain to us what happened. Well, we don't yell Bosh in my house, because I don't agree with Bosh. Well, what could he do? Good for you. Tell us what just happened there. Apparently, they went for a Tower of Doom. And uh, it looked like James Storm buckled at the bottom there, and it just... Oh, oh boy. Back. Yeah, I think these guys are... Uh, uh, circling the final turn on their way home. And this could be oh, the, the perfect flex. Oh. Payoff slash perfect flex. Oh. You know what? I haven't seen cohesion in a team as well as I have between the guns in a long, long time. Here comes the beer bottle coming into play as Jacqueline's pulling on the hair of Chris Saban. The referee is down and not seeing what's going on. He's attending to uh, Alex Shelley. Is Saban about to knock Jacqueline's teeth down her throat. He has lost her feet. Too easy to knock out her throat. Well, he's going for the cradle shot. No, he body slams Jacqueline, the referee realizing that Jacqueline is in the ring. Well, you usually never see the, the managers take a hit. Usually that means that the wrestler is going to get beat up from behind. Robert Rude going to pay off misses. And here comes James Storm with the beer bottle. Spits the beer in the face of Chris Saban. Pretty sure this is it. Yep, lights are out, ladies and gentlemen. Still your tag team champion. Nicely done. Two, three. Very, very entertaining match. And classic heel. The, the manager takes the hit to make sure that her wrestlers win the contest. Absolutely. That was a really good match. What, like 30 minutes, I'd say? At least? Close to 30 minutes? Uh... Probably, well, let's see. Um, probably at least 15 to 20 because Lino and Bashir were after our break. So, but uh, very, very solid match. Yep. Very entertaining. And, I mean, the tag matches have been very good. The uh, Bound for Glory four way, of course, at the Flaming Table and Abyss. That hardcore match between the eight individuals was very, very well done. And, like I said, if, if we get a rematch of this with the next pay per view uh, for TNA, I won't say no. But yeah, the crowd had very little to no reaction. I'm just uh, taking, taking a glance in the chat room, and Uncle Ozzy wants to know what I think about John Cena getting a title shot his first match back. Well, 
to be real honest, uh, everybody knows I'm not a John Cena fan, and in my opinion, you have to earn that shot. You shouldn't just be given it the minute you come back, but obviously, they, uh, we all know that John Cena is the golden boy of the WWE, and he will get whatever shot or whatever they want to give him. I do not think he is going to take that title off Jericho. I would be surprised if Jericho did drop the title at Survivor Series to John Cena, but I honestly think at Armageddon the title will change hands and it will be a heel Batista taking it from Jericho. Now, hold on. When Cena was out, he was taking the he was scheduled in a team and had to be pulled. He wanted to be pulled, had to be pulled. So I see nothing wrong with him going back into the championship match. He's not going to keep it. Um, he didn't say that he's not going to keep it. And his queen, Charmel. Like, are you the country of Africa? Yes. How did how did he go from being King Booker with the British accent to Booker T with the African accent? He's just a well-rounded individual. I, no, this isn't working. <laughs> like, he's an old Booker. When he does this <laughs> shit, I really do. Like, he doesn't do this accent very well. He doesn't realize that Africa is a continent and not a country. I'm just sad for Booker right now. And this is coming from the guy who used to worship King Booker. All hail King Booker. I was his press agent, damn it. You were, and it was hilarious. But it was I'm a lot of fun. This gimmick sucks. <laughs> it sucks ass. Well, considering he was saying uh, at, on this past impact, he's gonna, I'm going to bust your punk ass and all this other shit. So. But you know what? It's funny because uh, John Cena's basically got the Candice Michelle stipulation. If you get injured in the title match and you lose, and you lose because of your injury during the title match, you automatically get the next title shot. Ah, so but come back from your injury. But unlike Candice Michelle, <laughs> he'll at least come back and won't suck in the ring. True. She has struggled. As limited as he is, she'll still be able to pull off the five moves he does well. Did you just admit that he wasn't going to suck in the ring? Compared to what Candace Michelle's been doing. Well, Harmony, the man knows five moves, okay? And you can do those five moves really well. Yeah, and any real trainer will tell you that you should have five moves that you do real well and do them in every match. And just hope the guy you're in the ring with doesn't break your ankle. That's right. A la Matt Ritchie. Exactly. You knew the five moves plus more that he was supposed to do, but he didn't know uh, he didn't know what he was doing, which is what caused your injury. I don't really think that my ankle injury has anything to do with this conversation <laughs> whatsoever. Wow. All right, so back to the legends wrestling talk. The legends championship, and we've been talking about a very nice championship belt, by the way. But why? Why do they have a very nice championship belt for a legends belt? Why do they have a legend belt? Well, they do have Someone who's not a legend. But Sting is a legend. Why doesn't he have this belt? I don't understand. I don't get the concept here. If this is going to be a world television title, this is what I've been asking for for five years. But, but it's a, not going to be. It's a legend belt. You're right. It's not going to be. I agree. They need a world television title. And that needs to be your 
next step up to world championship. But that's not what this is. This is, I want a belt, and well, there isn't one that I can have, so I'm just going to make my own because I'm a whiny baby from the country of Africa. Well, I see he's wearing his uh, King Booker robe. One of. Well, it's not really, though. It's a completely different style than his King Booker robe. Or more of like royalty, like English. You're right. So this, is, this is king of. You know, he's the king of Africa. <laughs> you have like a lion head. Should it be a lion skin robe or a tiger or some shit? He's got the little lions on either side, and then it's fur trimmed. Well, it's not real fur trimmed. It's like in my country of Africa. In my country of Africa. Okay. Well, the main event mafia. Your could have been vice president didn't know that Africa was a continent either. So what? Palin thought Africa was a was a country. Palin's a dumb bitch anyway. <laughs> Moving to Calgary. Oh, fucking lovely. Yeah, she wants to run as the premier. Oh, I wouldn't vote for her. Anyway, uh, basically the main event mafia have the four, the fourth to last, third to last, second to last, and last matches. Uh, quickly, before this one starts, uh, how many of the four matches did the main event Mafia win? Sting, Styles, Nash, Joe, Booker, Cage, Angle, Abyss. I'm just thinking uh, Booker needs to be a ballerina with the fucking dancing and shit he's doing in the ring. <laughs> like, what is this gay ass shit? Is that like an African custom thing? I don't know. I- I'm thinking. I'm thinking the. Uh, ask the country of Africa that, wouldn't you? Yeah. There's probably 500 million different customs there, and I'm pretty sure that threading your fingers together and doing this little, like, dancing is not it. I'm thinking that the, uh, the main event mafia go two and two tonight. That, uh, Christian Cage and Samoa Joe win, but Sting and Kurt Angle win. Any thoughts? When is Christian Cage's contract ready to be up? I keep hearing February. I keep hearing he's staying. Really? Okay. That's it for the He ain't going over. Well, I don't know. I, I've heard rumors that it looks like he's going to stay with TNA. For the life of me, I don't know why. He could be such an asset to WWE right now. Well, he can work with his best friend. And speaking of assets, though. Like, not work directly with him, but be in the same company. Well, exactly. But he came off the frontier, too. Speaking of assets... I was talking about recently released WWE talent. Yes. Um, and I made mention to Paul London. That's a kid, in my honest opinion, who back, what, in 2003, before he ever signed with World Wrestling Entertainment, was a huge talent on the indie scene. Yeah, he was and the hottest thing in the world. Well, exactly. He was, he was regarded as one of the hottest free agents. He signed with World Wrestling Entertainment in 2003, debuts on SmackDown, gets thrown in there with Brock Lesnar, gets buried in like a minute. Mm-hmm. Mind you, Brock Lesnar had a match with Zach Gowan, who has one leg, mind you, and Zach Gowan got more offense on Brock Lesnar <laughs> than Paul London ever did. Yep. That was the first thing that pissed me off about the way they used Paul London. Then he, like, does nothing for a year, and they put him in a tag team with... Uh, Brian Hendricks, which was really good. Those guys messed well together. I'm going to say this. Paul London could walk into TNA, and I guarantee you could be one of the hottest stars they have in that company. But I bet you he'd be relegated to the X Division. You know what? That's fine. He could be one of the biggest stars in the X Division. 
AJ Styles got his start in the exhibitions. And horses way up. And I, I really think that if TNA is smart, they'll go after Paul London. Because granted, even though he was a former WWE talent, I don't see him being like, a, you know, like the stature of Booker T or one of these guys that's just in it to, you know, to, I, I see him as a young lion that's going to go in there and do something. So I, I kind of wish him luck. I'm really sad that WWE kind of screwed his career over the last five or six years. And I wish him well, whether he's working in the Indies, whether he goes to Japan. I want to see him do well because that kid's phenomenal. Yes, I agree. Completely agree. And the question is, he'll still be subjected to, because it was an outright release and his contract didn't run out, he'll be subjected to the 90-day non-compete, won't he? I think so. Yes. I think he will be, but it doesn't matter. I mean, he gets in the next, you know, three months chilling. Yep. Healing from injuries. He'll be fine. Yeah, probably, well, he's still healing right now, so it'll give him 90 more days to heal. So, I, he, he came out with an interview here about two or three weeks ago saying, I'm really anxious to get back into WWE. I'm ready to go and, and be as, as, bad, as good as I've ever been. And, unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him. Like a Chris Harris, like a Frankie Kazarian, where they're not allowed to be them. They're, they have to be what Vince's version of them is going to be. Now, more, more, that, more on the other corner, the other release this week, Club Colombo. Yeah. Hardcore bi- From gay guy to hardcore biker. Yeah, it's like they gave him the, the Billy and Chuck gimmick. Then they gave him Undertaker's old gimmick. Yep. Hey, you could drive a motorcycle down to the ring. You be a bike mechanic. And you, Michelle, like, you like both. And Michelle McCool was uh, his his uh, ballet for a little while. Uh, when she wasn't with, you know, Jamie Noble. <laughs> you mean Layla. Layla was with Jamie Noble. Michelle McCool, the Undertaker's new squeeze, is with, was with uh, Chuck Palumbo with Fun Smackdown for a while. Right, and there was a feud with Jamie Noble and Chuck Palumbo. Oh, right, yeah. You're right. My apologies. About to kick the pimp hand up, Dave. <laughs> Don't make me do it, Dave. Good thing I'm sitting quite a ways behind you. But uh, you know what? Chuck Palumbo is a guy that I just I never thought. I take that back. When he first debuted in WCW back in what 2000, 2001, I liked the gimmick he had. I thought he had talent. He had a look to him. But honestly, after that, after he went to WWF. It was done. Yeah. And why they hired him back, I'll never know. But that gimmick was shit. Yeah, probably once again in the uh, in the realm of super crazy, where they need a recognizable name to, to lose every night. But are you are you really surprised that they're letting any any of them go? I mean, Chuck Palumbo. When was the last time you seen him? Paul London. Yes, he was hurt, but he's been backstage a few weeks now, and they just haven't used him. They haven't had anything for him. Super crazy. When was the last time you saw him? Like, they're not doing anything with any of them, so why keep them around? Well, super crazy after his release. That's fine. He wanted to get out. I just think it's shitty when you have a guy that's hurt, that got hurt in your ring, and you fucking release him while he's healing from injuries. Well, no, he is healed now. So, you know, he got hurt in their ring. I'm sure he was paid something throughout it because he was hurt in their ring. And now he'll move on to TNA. TNA will take him in a second because he's cheap. And he'll get over. Yeah, you're probably right. And super crazy, I think, that going back to uh, AAA in Mexico, 
which is where he should be. And I think they're going to pretty much offer him a deal similar to what they wanted Rey Mysterio for, where he was going to be a main event guy. And if that's the case, then that's good to super crazy, because let's face it, in the American market, he's never going to be the guy. No. It's never going to happen. Well, yeah, I, I actually uh, threw in, uh, I was hanging out with him this week, and uh, he threw in the original ECW One Night Stand, where he had where he had the three-way with Tajiri uh, and, and Little Guido, and he did the uh, the balcony spot. And, I mean, really, that was his only highlight in the entire three years he was with the company to begin with. All right, well, we uh, continue with Raw. Mike Adamley quits as general manager of Raw, leaving Shane and Stephanie in control. And, and as a fitting tribute, the guy who couldn't cut a promo fucked up his last promo before he left. <laughs> And uh, I'm pretty sure he's done with the company. Right? Yeah. Done like dinner. It's over. Get the fork in him. Goodbye. Good luck. Hope to never see you again, Mike Adam. It just didn't work out. On the air, by the way. Maybe you should go join them. I don't know. Yeah. I. That's just a guy that just never had it. No, even from the very beginning where he was just a backstage interviewer. And uh, I'm backstage with Jeff Hardy. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, infamy, man. Infamy. And you know what? In a strange way, his lack of success and then getting bumped from ECW announcer to general manager of Raw um, has opened the the opportunity for Todd Grisham to, to move up from the uh, the Heat WWE.com shows, which, I mean, haven't been on for a few weeks, and uh, Matt Stryker. And they have done a fantastic job on those ECW broadcasts. I think uh, I think Matt Stryker is excellent on the microphone. Matt Stryker is one of those guys that can get it done in the ring, but he's even better on the microphone. And another guy that's just a lot like that is Johnny Devine. Yeah. Johnny Devine is an excellent wrestler, but he's so much better on the microphone than he is in the ring. Yes. Definitely. And why he's not being utilized somewhere, I'll never understand. Well, he's probably in the middle of negotiations right now, but... Uh does our friend uh, Mr. Clevin have an exclusive interview with Johnny Devine on Slam Wrestling right now? Uh, he does. He had an interview with him, I think, a month ago. Yeah. So if you're wondering about uh, the Demi- about Johnny Devine leaving uh, TNA, Slam Wrestling, and our very good friend here based in Calgary, Alberta, former uh, member of the show on the old show, Jason uh, Kid Clevitz, and uh, it's a very, very good article, and we encourage you to take a look at it. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I thought the whole idea between Randy Orton and Mike Adamley saying it's either him or me, I was interested to see what was going to happen Monday night regarding that. I knew Orton wasn't going anywhere, but uh, I, I didn't expect what I saw. And like I said, just the way that Adamley fucked up that last promo well, was, was funnily unfortunate. Adamley to a year deal. And didn't he debut at Survivor Series? I think well, it was Royal Rumble. Okay. No, before then. Oh, it was? Hey, you're wrong, Adam. He provides. Or, provides. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I can't talk to him. Um, but anyway, so he's getting pretty close to his, his year end. They paid him way, 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 way too much money, which is why they put him in that role in first place. I can justify why they were paying him so much money. But, I mean, really, he wasn't turning out the way they thought he was. They were paying him way too much. They only signed him for a year. Surprising at all that he's done. Yeah, neither, neither does us. Neither do I. I'm not surprised either. Uh, William Regal wins the Intercontinental Battle Royal. 
yeah, in a classic fashion where uh, Ted DiBiase thinks he's won it, and then uh, Regal shows up and uh, throws him out of the ring. I'm very honest with you. I was very impressed with that match, and I was very impressed with Ted DiBiase Jr. This is the first time I can honestly say that since he's debuted, but I was impressed with what he did on Raw. Yeah. Like, he was very good that night. He, uh, you know, obviously he didn't win because Regal was taken out through the bottom rope, and he even eliminated his own team priceless and then took on Crime Time by himself. And, and got rid of both of, both of those. Yep, exactly. And then he's thrown out by William Regal. So it, I'm kind of kind of bothered that William Regal actually did win the match, but I'm going to say that for the first time ever, Ted Dugiasi Jr. has, has impressed me. Yeah. So um, I see William Regal taking that title from Santino Morella. <laughs> I can't see where it's going to go otherwise. Well, he'll heal, though. Yeah, but Santino doesn't have that great of a self life. Good on the mic, shitty in the ring. Well, I think he's up to 18 weeks. Eh. Nope, sorry, that's not right. Uh, about 14 weeks. If you can believe it, these 14 weeks have just flown by as far as I'm concerned. But, uh... And regardless, I think that the Honky Tonk Man's probably the guy that's gonna, like... I don't know. Honky Tonk will probably the guy to beat him because I just can't see him passing the Honky Yeah, exactly. I can't see him passing 64 weeks. And if he does, what a travesty it is. Yeah, if they can give Rowdy Roddy Piper and Rick Flair the tag team titles for four minutes, uh, they can give the uh, Honky Tonk Man another uh, four-minute Intercontinental title run. Well, you know, if I could plead with Vincent Mann to do one thing, one thing and one thing only, it would be to put the Intercontinental Championship back where it belongs. You know, a prestigious title that means something, that's defended at WrestleMania, it's a big deal. It's your number one contendership to your world title. It's the guys that you want to be your world champions that you're grooming. That's what the Intercontinental title was for. That's what it's always been about until about eight years ago. Yeah. Right now we got uh, Christian Cage going for a sharpshooter on uh, Booker T here in their Legends Championship versus joining the main event the Mafia match here at T here at uh, TNA Turning Point in Orlando, and now uh, Queen Charmel gets on, on the apron and, uh, and is trying to get involved. Now Christian Cage is distracted. But, uh, yeah, if you're just joining us and you want to know what happened in the first four matches, Eric Young won the 10-man elimination match in the expedition, defeating Jay Lethal. Roxy, Roxy Laveau and Taylor Wilde. Uh-oh, Booker T knocked, uh, knocked his wife off the, off the apron. Christian the, delivers a bookend to Booker T. Oh, near fall. Two and a half, almost had it. Uh, prior to that, Charmel slapped the taste right out of that white boy's mouth. And I'm <laughs> talking about Christian, of course. Yeah, Roxy and Taylor Wilde over Austin Kong and Righteous Saeed. Rhino over Sheik Abdul-Bashir. And Beer Money defeated the Florida City Machine Gun. A very solid contest. Booker going for the axe kick. Misses. Christian with the roll-up. One, two... Booker has the tights. He's going for the roll-up. This is it. No. Yep. He got it clean. No ropes. No nothing. No, he pulled the tights. Oh, okay. Well, he pulled so the tights. he didn't get it clean. But, yeah, no rope leverage. But, yeah, Booker T over Christian Cage to retain the Legends Championship. And Christian Cage now is now forced to join the main event mafia. And, like you said, probably in that uh, slave role, the, uh, the non-volunteer role, where he'll kind of be punished for being involved. And I think 
if he does not stick with the company, it's a case of he does something in a couple of months, he gets uh, kicked out of the main event mafia, and then for some reason mysteriously disappears. The uh, main event mafia is one for one, and now it's going to be Abyss against Kurt Angle. And why? What, what's the ball count anywhere? And Kurt Angle. What is the sense in Abyss and Kurt Angle having a match? They had a match at Impact uh, two weeks ago, and I think Kurt Angle's uh, issue was around the fact that Abyss got hurt in that uh, in that flaming table, and, and said that that's not what he's, that's what not that's what TNA's not supposed to be about at those kind of hardcore matches. And what the hell is going on with the promos? That a bit like he's just not a promo guy. No, he's not. And I'm just not. He talks. No, he shouldn't. This is nice. Um, like little weak accent doesn't really scare me, and a bitch should be scary. Yeah, and uh, a guy like this should never be a, a baby face. But yeah, I mean, obviously, a monster. Yeah, just like just like on Raw or SmackDown or whatever fucking brand Great Khali is on. I don't know anymore. Yeah, we saw that here on Monday night. Face. You don't make him a face. No. Great Khali will never get over as a face. Ever. You know, that's the reason that they fucked the big show up. When they made the big show the big goose that was dressing up like people and made in comic release, it totally killed what the big show was. Yeah. He was this seven foot tall fucking monster that would fucking kill you in a heartbeat and you made him into a comedic giant. It just doesn't work. It's not working for Abyss. It doesn't work for Kali, and it sure as hell doesn't work for the big show. But it, you can never get that back either. You know, like once, once you turn them face or try to turn them face and then try and turn them into a monster feel again, it's never the same. Look at Kane. Kane will never be the big monster that he was. Big Show will never be the monster that he that he was. And and Kali, I mean, really, Kali doesn't doesn't get over as a heel because he's a really great heel. Let's face it. Kali gets over, you know, is booed because, well, he sucks. <laughs> um, but he's the kind of person that needs to have his mouthpiece, needs to be a heel, needs to go in and just annihilate people and scare people, and that's what his role needs to be. No, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, like I said, that's the reason Big Show has had such a rough career. Because every time they give him a push where he's going to be a heel, they turn him face. And then after that, it's never the same. Well, I think after WrestleMania 24, basically, he came out, I think, the night after, after the Floyd Mayweather match. And they basically went with what the crowd decided. And the crowd that night, after WrestleMania, decided, you know what, we're going to cheer for you. That was a really entertaining match. Because they shit all over Mayweather. Because Mayweather was this cocky little motherfucker. Who looked like he was the size of an eight-year-old and weighed, like, 83 pounds. Yep. Who legit broke fucking Big Show's nose. Oh, absolutely. Who is a legit tough son of a for someone that looks like they're eight years old and 83 pounds. Yeah, undefeated, retired, world champion boxer. But let's put a little believability into it. Had the Big Show fucking hit him, fucking Mayweather would be dead. Think about it. He weighs a buck fifty. Fair enough. He would have fucking killed him. Sorry, go All I'm saying is that the crowd shit all over Mayweather. They didn't like him. They didn't like his promos that I've got too much money, 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 money. Anyway, that's kind of time. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. They, the crowd didn't like him. And that's why they cheered for Big Show, just because they absolutely hated Mayweather. And, and you know, justifiably, he is what you would consider someone that is just a little egomaniac who thinks his shit don't stink, you know. And I would have loved to have seen the Big Show legit fucking knock him out. Yeah. I think it would have been hilarious. It would have been a big moment in regular sports coverage, that's for sure. But, yeah, I mean, he would have been, like, Mayweather probably would have had a, a thousand lawsuits preventing that exact thing from occurring. Well, I, if you, know, you injure me, I, I get to sue you for 10 million bucks. But at the same time, he's a little cocky motherfucker that punched Big Show in the nose, which he wasn't supposed to do. Exactly. He broke the Big Show's nose. He was probably supposed to slap him instead of cocking his fist. Like, he's lucky it wouldn't have been me, because I'd have fucking killed him. Yeah, you would have broken character. I would have fucking broken character and beat his ass. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um... Apparently, there's a, a talk now that it's going to be Shane versus Stephanie as the next big uh, issue among the main events, and, and that uh, this is what we should expect from the general managers uh, on Raw from now on, and that uh, it won't just be business as usual. Vincent coming back, they're not going to hire another random person to be general manager, despite how the fact that JBL really wanted the job. And, uh, and now they're, they're trying to create some animosity between Shane and Stephanie. And I don't know if that's really going to result in anything consequential, really. You know what, though? I'm okay with... Uh, I'd be okay with JBL. Yep, I would, too. As the, uh, as the general manager. As long as it meant he wasn't going to be wrestling. <laughs> because, let's face it, JBL has gotten so bad in the ring... It's, it, now, granted, I want to give the guy a little bit of credit this week because he looks like he's lost about 20 pounds. Yeah. He looked really good in the ring this past week. Against the Undertaker. Yeah. But I would much rather see him as a as a general manager as opposed to a, a in-ring performance. Yeah. Entertainer, if you will. <laughs> I think they dropped that wrestler. now. No, no, they're still going with it. Oh, they are? Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, I thought his promo with Shane McMahon was, was very good. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do something for you. And, and JBL's like, wow, that's great. I uh, I think it should be a three-way dance for, for the world title in the cage tonight. And wouldn't that be great? The first ever general manager slash world champion, John Bradshaw Layfield. I laughed out loud at that. That was hilarious. And, uh, and Shane's like, no, not really. <laughs> That's not what you're going to be getting after all. So. Let me tell you what. I like that, that Let me whole tell you what promo. I didn't laugh about on all these guys. All right. I didn't laugh about the Kung Fu Naki dance party. <laughs> because, let's face it, I didn't want to see Slaughter and Gold Dust and Michael Cole. <laughs> Michael Cole acting so gay it wasn't even funny. Yeah, and Gold Dust dancing with him. him. And yeah. the boogeyman trying to grope him. I thought that Michael Cole. I mean, it reminded me of Shades of when Heidenreich molested him. Yeah. Let's not forget that storyline. That was a that was a great one. Heidenreich took him to a place he's never been before. No shit. But he's been many times. That was just wrong. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Oh well, I'm not politically correct. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? 
honestly, that gave you kind of a bit, that Kung Fu Naki dance really gave you a, a clue, I think, that, that Dusty and Dustin have really settled their issues, and D Dusty's not, like, embarrassed to be the father of Goldust anymore or whatever. Why, I mean, why does it give you that? He's not, he's not writing for them anymore. He's over with FCW. They don't really interact. It means nothing. Well, no, but they were in the ring together for this, this little dance party. That Dusty, means nothing. But, well, I mean, during, for the Dusty DVD, he was, he really kind of didn't really want to recognize, yeah, Goldust is my kid, and, uh, he, he really put over Cody, if, if you recall. And, 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 well, hold on. Is it called the Dusty DVD because it's on your shelf and hasn't been watched in two years? <laughs> oh, Captain, so you're being serious. <laughs> hey, don't worry, the Dusty Adonis DVD is coming out soon, and you'll all really like that. Anyway, uh, I don't know. To me, that's the sense I got. Maybe I'm completely out to lunch, but that's, like I said, that's the sense I got out of it, so. I don't know. I, uh, I'm actually surprised that WWE has signed him to another contract. Uh, well, and it's, up, it's actually unsubstantiated because... They're not really saying it's a contract. It could just be a legends contract. I, I just I can't. It's been a one day contract. I just I can't see anything long term with Goldust. No, 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 no. Like he's so far out of shape. Oh yeah. And just it's abysmal in the ring. But at least he doesn't have Tourette's anymore. I like it better when he has Tourette's. Oh really? The Bubba Ray Gim Dudley gimmick? Oh, I love the Tourette's gimmick. Yeah, I remember when, uh, you know what? I think you were the only one, then. No, honestly. I was the only one. When I was with uh, with Voice of Wrestling back in the old Chris Sism uh, days, we actually had an interview with, with Dustin, and I don't know what happened to the promo that was cut, but he actually cut us a, a promo where he did the Tourette's gimmick. Oh, God. And it was the most hilarious thing I've ever heard. It's never seen the light of day, because I think whoever recorded it lost it. Yeah. So, well, that's interesting. No, I love the Tourette's gimmick. That was great. I even love the Booker and Goldust gimmick. That was that was fun. Booker and Goldust team together was fantastic. As yeah. Abyss and Kurt Angle are beating each other up here in the uh, the crowd here at the Impact Zone. And don't you remember the uh, the infamous Seven Eleven yep. Slurpee thing, where he's like, "I'll let you suck on my Slurpee if you'll let me bite your weenie." <laughs> <laughs> What I found funny was that was like egomaniac Booker walking in, and it was like it was like uh, the the Slurpee cups were like RVD, the Hardys, Cena, and something, and a couple other guys. It's like and he, he walked in, he talked to the clerk, he says, "Where's the Booker T uh, Slurpee cup? No, don't worry, I'll find them. There's probably a thousand of them up against the wall waiting for uh, for, for for sale for all of my fabulous Booker T fans." And uh, that was funny. And, and then, of course, Goldust, I think he was dressed in, like, a, a, a baseball cap and, like, a, a, a football replica jersey and, and <laughs> trying to be a regular kind of yo-yo homie. And, uh, yeah, that was a funny, funny issue. That was a funny uh, promo that night. And I can confirm, actually, I saw it here a couple of months ago. It is on YouTube if, if you want to find it. If you want to look for it, it is there. So... Yeah, very, very well done. I think you should do. I think you should like go and grab old clips like that and play them on some months break. Yeah, two weeks from now, uh, for Survivor Series, I can uh, accomplish that that task. You know what? Actually, instead of doing that, this is what I want you to do for Survivor Series. Okay. I want you to go back to 
classic Survivor Series moment, okay, and get audio for that. And then we'll just kind of go over our favorite Survivor Series moments. Okay. Play clips from that. I think that's going to work out much better. And then for maybe for the random pay-per-views, we can just play audio clips from from past stuff. I think that works out. Okay. I'm writing that down right now, and I'll uh, make sure to get that ready for two weeks. Uh, speaking of, we'll uh, we'll give you some information. Um, we may or may not have access to the uh, ROH pay-per-view on on Friday, this coming Friday. I think probably what we're going to end up doing, maybe we'll get the tape, maybe we won't. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I mean, I can certainly get a copy. Well, bottom myself, line, we, we, uh, we actually... We were going to do the pay-per-view, and then we realized that there is a show here in Calgary that I may or may not be working. Well, I'll be, I'm going to be there, too. So, so we're just going to be a part of that. Yeah, basically, what, what we're going to do is we're going to pre-record a uh, podcast, basically, uh, probably prior, like, not live, but a, a podcast. Uh, we're going to record it probably uh, the afternoon of Saturday before we go over to Bottom Stuff. Holy cow! Kurt Angle with one of his flying sit-ons off the stage onto Abyss. My God. Shades of the match with AJ Styles that shocked the world when Kurt Angle went flying with the sit-ons. Uh, Boy, you think, over two and a half. You'd think Kurt Angle was 20 years younger with that dive. Here's a replay. Look at that shit. He does a 360 in the air. Good God, and, and Abyss landed perfectly, caught it perfectly. Last time I saw a guy have air time like that, he was wearing a fucking cape. Very, very well done. He's a man in a cape. Yeah, super fucking man. He actually talks? Uh-huh. Just saying. Start that on the ain't it? <laughs> oh, sassy. Anyway, um, so basically we're going to record the uh, podcast on Saturday before the UFC show at Bottoms Up, and then we are going to uh, post it next Sunday next Sunday morning, so uh, in about 168 hours, come back to SundayNightShowdown.com and, uh, and get that podcast from us, Jeff and I, we'll, we'll do another show, and may or may not in, uh, have the ROA show alongside, but... One way or the other, there will be audio for you to listen to. And then, of course, two weeks from tonight, Survivor Series, we'll be back at the bar. We will not maybe, well, we'll have the Grey Cup up against it, so it'll be a bit of a flip back and forth. But Actually, I think we're going to be here for, for the Survivor Series. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll, uh, well like I said, we're, we're live in two weeks, no matter no matter where the venue is. But, uh, Kurt, oh, boy, Kurt Angle and Abyss going right through the stage here at the Impact Zone. Similar to when uh, Kurt Angle faced Shane McMahon at the King of the Ring about, what, 2001? Yeah, 2001. Oh, yeah, I mean, when he, like, uh, went for the belly-to-belly on Shane and threw him up against the glass and didn't break. And then he did it again, and it didn't break. <laughs> and then he did it again, and it finally did. I thought he killed Shane. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, like I said, so that is the uh, upcoming schedule for Sunday Night Showdown for at least the next two weeks, I believe. The next TNA show is... Is December 14th, and of course the next uh, WWE show after Survivor Series will be December 21st. Well, like I said, at least once a week we will have something for you to listen to. The cameramen trying to find the wrestlers and not having much luck are probably just chasing each other underneath the uh, underneath the stage area. Who the hell knows what's going to happen now? Probably they're going to 
come up sliding in that area where Kurt Angle uh, comes up from the uh, from the from the floor in that. Uh, I don't know what Don West and Mike Tanay are thinking here, but oh, holy cow! As Abyss throws Kurt Angle through the other side. Holy cow. You know what? This match is shaping up to be pretty good. I'm Absolutely. Credit. I'm impressed. And you know what? Abyss hasn't used a weapon once. He threw Kurt Angle through the, uh, the staging area, but he didn't uh, he hasn't used a weapon. So. You know, Kurt Angle, as usual, busting his ass in the ring, doing a very good job. Yeah, exactly. Uh... Miz and Morrison against D-Generation X this past week on Monday. Uh, if you read Paul Heyman's column at the uh, UK Suns website, which I read every time he, he, he releases one, he's saying that Vince McMahon doesn't realize that the real, the real uh, wrestling fans of 2008 consider Miz and Morrison a much cooler team than, than DX ever could be. And they would be right in that assumption. Yeah. Like, DX is so 10 years ago. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem. I'm not a Miz fan. But that's like taking one generation and putting it against another generation. In its time, DX was the biggest tag team of all time. And DX in its time, and Miz and Morrison in their time, they wouldn't taste so well there. Well, I agree and disagree with your point. I agree that in their time, DX was a good tag team. However, the tag team of DX that was such a big deal was not Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Because let's face it, when the original DX started out, it was Triple H, China, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, and Rick Rude. Correct. When Shawn Michaels was injured after his, uh, his back injury and Triple H took over, DX became popular through the New Age Outlaws and Xbox, so then they were hip, they were cool, but let's face it, the DX from 10 years ago is not the same DX you now. I love Shawn Michaels, don't get me wrong. I just hate to see him revert back to, to the DX thing where he's like the second fiddle to Triple H, and when originally he was the guy that started DX, yeah, not Triple H. Yeah, and I think they have enough new fans that, uh, that they have to evolve and that, yeah, I mean, I think they know that obviously DX is still one of the biggest tag teams in the history of the company, but that uh, that their days are not ahead of their best days are not ahead of them when it comes to being a tag team, and that they have to evolve with the business. And I thought Miss and Morrison got a lot of really good offense in, and they got more than I think anyone would have expected. And of course, they didn't win. But DX is basically getting credit through the internet community right now saying, you know what, you gave more to Ms. Morrison than any of us expected. And I so. still say Morrison is the fucking workhorse in that team. I'm still just not, I mean, Ms. does well, but he just does not compare to John Morrison. Yeah. Morrison fucking busts his ass. He is the guy that carries that tag team. Oh, yeah. And he is, he is so in need of a single title. Yeah, he could really see as you, I, I put him up there with like a young Shawn Michaels. Like, I think he's got all the talent in the world and could go somewhere if they would let him. Yeah. They were tag team champions for a long time. And uh, I, I like the team gimmick because, like, as a lot of us have been saying for a long time, they haven't established a lot of good teams. 
Oh, that was so close. Abyss with a huge choke slam on Kurt Angle, and he kicks out at two and seven tenths. Well, you know what? Abyss shouldn't be counting his one, two, three before it happens because he was he was flashing the fingers, and you never do that in a, in a wrestling ring or an entertainment ring. As my apologies. This might be match of the night, honestly. Yeah, so far. So far. I I don't have high hopes for Steen and Stay or Nash and Joe. And those are the two final matches as we uh, start the third hour here at TNA's Turning Point. for fly from Orlando here on SundayNightShowdown.com. And but, with King being a heel, I wish he would just lose the face paint. I mean, he's so much cooler without the face paint going out in suits and shit. What? It's different. It's a dynamic that hasn't been done. Just lose the thing out there. There's a lot of Steve Borden and fucking... Fuck these superstar Steve Borden. Fuck it. <laughs> like, be an egomaniac. If you're going to do this gimmick, then do it. Don't go out there and sting. Well, I don't mind face paint during matches, no face paint during promos. I don't mind that. I hate that. It's one or the other. In my opinion. Part of the on the chair. My God, it looks like he just nailed him in the face with his knee. The whole thing about face paint is the mystery. You strip him of the face paint and strip him of the mystery. Yep. I never knew what Sting looked like. I didn't care what Sting looked like. I agree. Similar to the mask. Yeah. Like, Rey Mysterio wrestles in the mask. Can <laughs> you imagine him doing his promos without the mask? Like... Yeah. I don't know. I think, well, I think it, it weakens the character. Well, nine-year-olds aren't allowed to wrestle for WWE, so I think he's better to keep the mask on. Although that actually reminds me of something that apparently every time that uh, a kid wears a mask on the front row, Mysterio will talk to them for like 10 or 15 seconds, and and uh, apparently it's getting a little creepy with how he's interacting with these kids, but I'll leave that for you to decide on, on well, Monday night. Okay. Oh, Abyss just nails Kurt Angle with a black hole slam. Oh, my God. Two and nine tenths. Kurt Angle kicks out. And uh, it, it's funny you bring up the whole Rey Mysterio thing because I honestly believe those kids are plants. He knows those kids. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. they're, they're kids that bought his mask and think they're cool and they're not plants. Uh, ICP and Scott Hall are no longer in the front row. Yeah, they're backstage with the main event mafia. <laughs> but if they re- not only is it going to be Scott Hall joining them, it's going to be the insane clown posse as well. Hey, they got uh, clicked out. Maybe it's not really part of the show. Maybe they were trying to make themselves part of the show. Hey, yo. I'm hanging out with my friends. There's Dixie Carter right there in the, in the stands. Hey, yo. Talking. Hey, yo. I had a I saw it you. Dixie Carter's sitting in the front row. And here she does kind of like, you know, part owner of the company. She can do that. Well, well, we're going back to the old school style. Oh, the Spanish announcers just took a huge bump off their stage. But oh, a Spanish announcer announce table is about to take a, about to be severely damaged. Scaffolding. Oh, something sick is about to happen here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, definitely. Kurt's about to die. Well, he's trying to run away from Abyss. Kurt, you really don't need to do this, man. Like, not a guy with a neck as bad as yours. I don't see how that guy still moves. As many neck surgeries and injuries as he's had, I don't understand. And with the style, he's fixing to get thrown off through that table. Like, this is fucking insane. It's called a lot of 
prescription drugs. You know what? If, if you recall, back in the day, everybody else took the one year off. Benoit took the year off. Edge took the year off. But Kurt Angle got the quick version of the surgery, which allowed him to come oh, back within about two months. He got him up in a military press. No, Kurt reverses, and it's about to be a bit as he is thrown off the stage through the table and almost takes another header off the other stage. It's like a triple-decker thing, and he goes down on the second and is about to fall off onto the third level there. That's just wrong. But it should be over now. There's no way he's kicking out of that. Third angle A bump that could have been a lot worse than it was. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Kudos to Kurt for not taking that shit. Yeah. That would have been it for Kurt right there. Lights, camera, action. It's a wrap, Kurt. You're fucking gone. Yeah, exactly. And don't forget now, the main event mafia is two for two. Kurt's looking rough, though. Kurt is looking rough, yeah. Like, I, I think there's more to... He's not looking well. Right. Like, seriously, that ref went to him real quick. Yeah, Definitely. He may have suffered some type of injury in this match. But I that dive. Fucking super curved angle right there. Yeah. A 360 in midair. Head first into a chair. Moonsault onto a chair, onto Abyss. Still only two and a half. Fucking pop Abyss right in the head with his knee. Oh, look at that. He almost went totally down there and broke. Oh. He would have so fucked his neck up right there. Yeah, I think... Kurt Angle's injured. I think Kurt Angle's injured, too. I think probably coming head first through that second stage is uh, is the uh, probably the major contribution to this. But for a, a, a really not built-up match that really won't mean a whole lot going forward in the history of the company, this is a pretty significant thing for these two guys to have agreed to do. Well, I agree. So Samoa Joe is back here with the Fluzy of the Week interviewer. I don't know her name. Crystal, I think. If it isn't, I'm not too worried about being wrong. But, <laughs> all right, six down, two to go. We'll just quickly review. For those of you who may just be joining us, Eric Young over Jay Lethal in the 10-man elimination match in order of the, ma- the way that the matches took place. Uh, Jay Lethal, I guess, finishes second. Eric Young wins it. Roxy Laveau and Taylor Wilde over uh, Austin Kong and Rachel Saeed. Uh, Sheikha Bill Bashir over Rhino. Excuse me, Rhino over Bashir. Uh, Beer Money over the Mercer City Machine Guns. Booker T over Christian Cage. And Kurt Angle over this in these uh, six contests. If you get ready for the final two, Sting and AJ and Joe and Nash. Alright, we are going to take a break, play some more music for you, and we'll be back in a few minutes with these final two matches as Sunday Night Showdown continues. We'll be back in a moment. Thank you. 
And we are back live. Pay-per-view offering of TNA Turning Point as Kevin Nash, who I've now dubbed, instead of Big Sexy, who's Big Granty. <laughs> Kevin Nash taking on the Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe. Early on, Joe was taking it to Nash, and Nash right now is uh, pretty much turning tables and beating the crap out of Joe. He has a long, uh, grayish salt and pepper hair on, uh... <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if he dyes his hair white. What the hell's going on there? Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, we were talking about it during the break. I think if, they, if Christian Cage is going to stay with TNA, they sold him the same way they sold uh, Kevin Nash. You're 45 minutes from home. You uh, only work one-third of the schedule. Blah, blah, blah. Did they sell Nash? I mean, really, it's only Nash that we're hearing from that WWE wanted him. It's all this speculation. We don't know if that's fact. I don't think WWE even wanted him. So Nash was faking the idea that uh, Vince wanted to bring him back. Not that I'm not saying you're wrong. It's not faking, but how many times do we see stuff get leaked out because they want to create controversy because... That's what they actually want to happen. I don't believe everything that I read or everything that I hear. Just because Kevin Nash says, oh, WWE wants me. Oh, I agree. Generally, when you're in negotiations with a company, you don't leak that out to the internet and tell everybody, oh, WWE wants me. Well, well you should not believe everything you hear and everything you read. But on the internet. You should also not believe everything you see because perception is defeating. Perception can also be reality. It can be. But I don't really want to get philosophical. During our rant, Kevin uh, <laughs> went into the ring and grabbed a, um, some wire cutters and exposed the top turnbuckle. I'm assuming it's a no disqualification match because the referee obviously knows that he's been, this has been tight and watched him do it. So uh, well, well, Nash tried to hit him with a chair in this, so uh, I, that pretty much negates the DQ possibilities. But we were talking about Ray Mysterio before we uh, came back, before we went away, and you wanted to come back to that. I did, actually, yeah. Ray Mysterio, um, you know, there's, there's not really a lot going on for him right now with, you know, with Raw other than Kane. And yeah. Let's face it, that's like beating a dead horse. It, yeah. There's that, nothing else you can do with it, really. That gimmick is being created out of thin air more than anything else. You beat him clean. So the feud doesn't need to continue, although it kills Kane as a monster. Kane should be like, nobody he should retire now. He's, he's done. He got beat by a fucking 125-pound Rey Mysterio. <laughs> you know, 300-pound monster got beat by a fucking 125-pound guy. Yep. It, it's done for Kane. Um, I don't know if you guys heard this past week, but apparently uh, former TNA superstars... Uh, Loki, or formerly known as Trinsky, had a couple dark matches on WWE this week. Of course, the dark matches were all in with the SmackDown tokens as well. Apparently, MVP and Rey Mysterio both lobbied to get Loki this dark match. Uh, rumors are that if he is signed with World Wrestling Entertainment, that he will probably work under a mask and have a feud with Rey Mysterio as a heelish type Rey Mysterio character or a new character under a mask. So, I actually hope that happens because I think that Loki and Rey Mysterio could have one hell of a feud. And I look forward to seeing the matches that those guys could put on together. 
Yeah. So if WWE is smart, they will they will definitely sign um, Loki to a contract. I, I think that he's I think that he's deserving of that. He could be an asset to them. Oh yeah, he could definitely be an asset. No question about that. Of course, we said that about Paul London four years ago, <laughs> and we said that about. So, what we think would be well done and what would actually be done could be completely different. Well, let's face it. The bottom line is, you and I don't have three years of soap opera writing experience, so we can't get a job with the WWE. And we're not Freddie Prince Jr. either. So, until so. I go and work with some soap opera in the next three years, I'm not eligible yeah. to work for them. So. Unless, or unless you marry uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. So, but... There's only one single guy in this room, so I guess I'm the only one with a shot at her. She's not single, Dave. Well, she, has, she hasn't met me yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's pretty that pathetic. That's the funniest thing I've ever said. the Granger. You've been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer way too much, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I have to admit, if you go back to Raw, because like I said, I think every single segment on Raw, we talked about the, the cage match at the very beginning of the broadcast tonight, every single segment on Raw had, had something interesting. And uh, I have to admit, big chair shot to Kurt Angle, or to uh, Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa Joe was going for, I, I think, a suicide dive on Nash. Nash had a chair in his hand and just smacked Joe upside the head right before he even left the ring, so... Yeah. Nice big uh, spot there for Samoa Joe as he's laid out in the ring, Nash getting his bearings on the outside. Yeah, I didn't know WWE had 15 divas to have the 15 and 16 diva tag team match, and <laughs> it was pretty pretty sad. Like I said, positively or negatively, there was something about every segment of Raw that deserves further discussion. But like, like it's just like this. Natalia and all the, the heels having to take uh, punches from Mae Young, who fell over and luckily didn't permanently hurt herself. You know, and that's the bad thing about it. It was cool to see Mae Young go out there and, you know, perform. It's always nice to know that Mae Young is still around. I mean, bless her heart, the woman's got to be like 90 fucking years old. And, yeah. and, you know, I don't know if her mind is gone or what, but she just seems to uh, she just seems to be the person that they, they call and she'll do whatever. And I don't know if it's just because they take advantage of the elderly and their mind is going. Or no, you know what it is. It's once you once you have been there and in front of the crowd and felt that high, you don't want to let that go. That's why you see so many people past their prime and so many people coming back because it is hard to just leave that. And I mean, if you look at if you look at her, she's been around for, what, 50, 60, 130 years, you know. <laughs> so for her to just let that go is very difficult. And I would imagine that her having that match, as, as shitty as she looks, because she is 198, I'm sure that that was such a high for her to be out there and have that adrenaline going and that excitement in the crowd and, and all of that stuff. It's it's hard to let go. You know, uh, while you were talking, uh, a crucial moment happened in the Samoa Joe-Kevin Nash match. Uh, Kevin Nash beat Joe down to the point where he managed to deliver the jackknife powerbomb to Samoa Joe. And much to Kevin Nash's surprise, Samoa Joe just managed to kick out at the very last second. 
and Nash is in total disbelief as he is just killing Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is busted open and just Nash, as we speak, is going for a second power bomb. If he hits it, it is gone. And here comes Shaggy Judo. Oh wait, no. No. <laughs> Kevin Nash with a second power bomb delivered. One, two. Samoa Joe finding the energy at that last second to kick out. Nash is beside himself. Unbelievable. Apparently, May Young is eighty-five. Whatever. Eighty-five, hundred ninety-eight. Close yeah. enough. But I, 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 I felt, I felt a sense of sorrow for the heels in that match because. They took some really weak-ass punches. Oh, as uh, Samoa Joe manages to put on the uh, armbar, Kevin Nash, very reminiscent of what the Undertaker's using these days. Referee got knocked out in a completely fake yeah, way. Scott Hall's going to make his way down. Nash kind of threw an elbow backwards. Several people in the crowd looking backwards to see if they're going to see anything happen as wrestlers run by them, but they haven't seen anything yet. He is. He really is. But uh, who knew that 15 Divas could share two belts? And, know, like, ridiculous. when you look at all the heels, Divas versus all the face Divas, it just, like, seven of the eight heels could wrestle, and, like, two of the eight faces could wrestle. Seven of the eight. Well, Layla probably was the only one who, who was formally trained. That was actually out of magic. No, no, but, like... It's a three count for Kevin Nash. Nash put on the rope, but he gets the three count after he drags the referee over. You know what? And there was no nefarious means between the referee getting getting uh, hurt and him recovering. So, so Kevin Nash said he was going to beat the he- holy hell out of Samoa Joe, and he did. So, just to get back to the top here, yeah. the main event mafia, it's been a clean sweep thus far. Three for three. And I don't think AJ's taking the belt from Sting. No, AJ will take the belt from Sting. you got to have at least one to go over tonight. And if it's going to be the one, it's got to be the big one. AJ Styles is deserving of that World Heavyweight Championship. Never had that title. And by God, he's had the NWA World correct. Heavyweight Championship. Correct. Yep, correct. correct. And that's what people are, are not realizing. This is not the NWA World Heavyweight Championship anymore. The belt AJ's never had. Yes. And AJ needs to go over tonight. If for anything else, just to keep the young lions alive. Yep. If if Main Event Mafia goes over in the next match, then this angle is dead. They've effectively won, and there's nowhere to go from here. Yeah, so AJ has to go over. Yeah, because if both high-level high AJ and high-level... Uh, more Joe both go down, then it's just a use, useless otherwise, as uh, Jeremy Borash is going to interview Sting here right in a couple of minutes. I can agree that if the main event mafia can't expect to go perfect, and I mean, if we want to draw the same comparisons to the New World Order as we did in the past, when it, those guys would all have a whole bunch of singles matches, if the NWO won all the matches, it was not a very good show. It was not evaluated by the IWC as a very good show because one faction just completely dominated. Well, I'm going on Sting's record. Sting's record for World Heavyweight Championships in TNA doesn't last. He wins it at Bound for Glory, he loses it at the next pay-per-view. Yeah. It's a standard with everybody going over tonight. 
I got I got to think that AJ Styles goes over tonight, and deservedly so. All right. Well, we basically talked about CM Punk, Randy Orton, and the whole thing about Randy Orton probably leading that second generation federation. Uh, maybe we'll have to wait and see what happens. The second and third generation station. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, CM Punk kind of gets bitched out, though. It's like, hey, they've been building this angle for a couple of months, and CM Punk, the former world champion, and then, uh, and then he gets DQ'd, he gets a DQ victory in about three minutes once Ted DiBiase interferes on Randy Orton's behalf, where Randy Orton never even wanted that help. Undertaker, sorry? That killed me. AJ Styles versus the Icon Sting. And they're staying in a business suit, no makeup on. Yeah. I agree. I don't like it. Undertaker over JBL. Like, the solid match, but of course, uh, JBL, of course, JBL, uh, didn't like what was go- too much about what was going on, so, uh, so he, uh, deliberately got himself counted out. Yep. Just turn this down just for not, so it's yeah. not allowed. Mark Henry and Kane over Rey Mysterio and Kofi Kingston. Yeah, obviously the great colleague got involved afterwards. But you know what? In a three-minute squash between two guys who can't work against two guys who can, not a badly executed match from the perspective of that the two monsters dominated no matter what the two popular, smaller guys could do. And Mysterio's as popular as anybody. Kofi's getting to that level as well. Mark Henry and Kane don't have two wrestling cells in their bodies between them. A lot of other people would argue. But, uh. I can argue that. Because but Mark Henry doesn't have a wrestling bone in his body, but Kane, I gotta say Kane can wrestle, man. Kane can go. And they dominated and won like two super heavyweights would beat two lightweights. So, I like the booking of that of that segment very much, except when Kali showed up, Kali uh, chops the head of Kane, and then he chopped uh, Mark Henry, and, and clubbed him into the ring ropes, and Rey Mysterio stood there dumbfounded, but obviously maybe Kali being so big in India, and then having to literally write the show and speak it in the Indian language that he is this super uber face, and that he's beating up the bad guys. Maybe they've decided to turn him for the regular audience as well, just because apparently he is so big in the Middle East. Well, Arab, and on the Arabic language uh, television. Well, he is, he is a big star because he's a movie star. Yes. And he's branching over here in the United States. You know, he's, he's had roles in Get Smart. You know, he's been in The Longest Yard. Uh, he's been, you know, in a lot of things. And he's getting mainstream attention. And obviously, the WWE would like to capitalize on that uh, on that fact. So, again, I just, I don't think a face turn is right for him. You have to have the great Kali as the monster. I still don't think Kali is great in the ring. I mean, I like him outside of wrestling. I, I love watching the movies because he's hilarious. And both the movies I made on. Get smart, I thought he was hilarious. Longest Yard, I thought he was hilarious. I... I just don't know why Kali is still there early fact that he's a genetic freak. He's a freak of nature, he's over seven feet tall, and he looks like he's a killer. Right? As a professional wrestler, he's an No. 
Exactly, and uh, I really don't know where they can go with that. Well, he was world champion for a little while, but a lot of guys are going to look world champion for a little while too. So, and once again, uh, Batista and Chris Jericho in the steel cage. Exactly. Can't happen. If you weren't with us for the beginning of the show, uh, once again, Batista to me seemed completely lost in the cage, and Jericho did everything to make that match really good. But if you want to check it out, really definitely do that. And isn't Batista always saying he feels at home in a cage? That he's the animal. Well, he proved it wrong on Monday night. Yeah. Uh, we move on to uh, ECW, where uh, Finley defeats uh, Mark Henry for uh, for the number one t- number one contendership to the ECW title and Matt Hardy later on. And you know, that to me, I like Finley, but I don't see Finley as a world heavyweight championship contender. But let's face it, the ECW heavyweight championship is not what I would consider a heavyweight world title either. Um, I'm glad to see that Matt Hardy has the belt, and I'd like to see them build up to that. But Finley is not a guy that I would think is a contender. There's really nobody on that roster right now that can be there, honestly. Other than maybe John Morrison. I was just going to say, you could still play the tag team gimmick between Miz and Morrison, but John Morrison should be feeding Matt Hardy for the ECW Championship, not only for him to have a singles title, but to build up the reason for people to watch that show on Tuesday night. And I tell you what, a feud between Matt Hardy and John Morrison could be just what the doctor described. Because both of those guys are phenomenal. Matt Hardy's a great tactician in the ring. Yeah. John Morrison, known for his high spots. I'm telling you, I think those guys would really tear it up. Yeah. Of course, they're too busy still uh, ragging on uh, crime time, so. <laughs> yeah, but at some point, you've got to know that Miz and Morrison are going to run their tours. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's got to happen soon. Absolutely. Because it's killing Morrison's career. All right, we move on to Friday Night SmackDown. Shelton Benjamin over our truth to uh, retain the United States Championship. You know, I keep meaning to watch SmackDown. Yeah. But I always miss it. I always catch bits and pieces here and there because, you know, obviously being a, being a father to three beautiful girls and uh, and a husband kind of takes up a lot of my time. Absolutely. Um, but it's important. I've yet to actually see our truth yet. I mean, I have not seen him on SmackDown. It's like, it's like he's elusive. Like, every time I go to watch, he's already been on. Or I always miss it. I love Shelton Benjamin as a champion. I think the United States Championship was just what he needed. And he needed that shot in the arm, and I'm glad to see that he's carrying that title and he's doing well. Um, again, though, I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen our truth. I can't really comment on, on how he's doing. Uh, apparently, uh, thanks to WrestleView, uh, apparently... Somebody held up a sign saying, sign guys should be put in the WWE Hall of Fame. And uh, you know what? I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think sign guy's done an interview. So if we could get sign guy, we've been talking about it for months, but if we could get sign guy for an interview, I think that'd be great. We've had sign guy about a dozen times on the other show. No, but what I mean is, like, after he won all this money on Deal or No Deal, I don't think he's done any uh, interviews. But. Actually, I think there's a mm-hmm. uh, uh, Oh, okay. You know him pretty well, don't you? I do. Yeah. I used to. Yeah. 
Ezekiel Jackson uh, over Jimmy Wang Yang, and once again, another guy who uh, can use the bodyguard of a well-known wrestler as, a, as an end to get into the business. You know what? I like that big guy. I think if he had the ability and the talent, he could go somewhere. He's still so young, I, don't, I, I can't evaluate him. He's such a big guy, I, I think he could have some I think Mr. Hughes is pretty much the only one who didn't really use that that gimmick to, to get into a very big level. I mean, Diesel, Ethan Batista, and guys like that. I mean, uh, Sid. Mr. Hughes was successful in the WCW. Mr. Hughes had a big gimmick there. But, uh, I guess that was before I had GBS. Um, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, the WWE is Chris Jericho's bodyguard. He's just got to down. Or he's yeah. He's face. If he's the one who's done, he's a badass. Curtis Hughes was the fucking man. <laughs> I still say to this day, Vader was the motherfucking man. Yeah. In WCW. He'd fucking kill everybody. Fucking rip the ear off Captain Jack. Yep. Fucking fuck up Ron Simmons motor. He was the man. Yeah. Now, White Castle of Fear Magic Stage. Yeah. He talked about Max of the Power Bomb with Sid Vicious. Fucking Vader was the man. Yeah. He's. <laughs> Did it all. Didn't we say something? About, I think we remember talking about it on the old show a couple of years ago that uh, that Vader was still looking for like five grand for personal appearances and uh, even in matches where he wouldn't wrestle. That to me that was <laughs> that was hilarious that he would still expect something like that, but it didn't happen. Uh, Jeff Hardy got uh, disqualified along with Triple H for using a chair against Miz and Morrison, and Miz and Morrison won that match by DQ. And once again, it's because Jeff Hardy wants his title shot against Triple H for the fucking 50th time. Yeah. They will lose. <laughs> you know, but he's got to get extreme with President Guerrero. Um, I got to say, though, the match between Taker and Doswell it was decent. I wouldn't say it was a... It wasn't a classic. It wasn't one I'd want to watch again. I mean, it, was, it was kind of painful watching Taker carry him, but he did the best he could. And Coswell wins by disqualification, which automatically sets him up for a title shot against Triple H at Survivor Series. Then he will become the next WWE Champion. Jeff Hardy uh, hit Kozlov with a steel chair, causing the DQ to begin with, which is what gave, gave Kozlov his title shot against Triple H for the WWE Championship, coming up in, two, in just two weeks' time. Uh, and three Bella over over Victoria. <laughs> and, and our, Natalia. And, well, with Natalia uh, bringing Victoria to the ring. And, uh, like he said, the girls, the face girls just cannot wrestle, and it's just... It's just really, really bad. Oh, it, it totally kills Victoria. She's one of the only girls in that bed that can yeah. fucking do something. And she is awesome in the ring. And she has proved it time and time again. And why she is regulated to having to put over the Bella teams of all fucking people is beyond me. Natalia is another one. She's a fucking heart. And yep. the girl can go out there and fucking beat up guys and fucking hang with anybody. Yep. And the fact that she's not a champion is a fucking travesty. The fact that you're going to have Michelle McCool, who's banging the Undertaker, carry a fucking Divas championship, 
when you've got girls that can fucking wrestle and deserve that title, it's beyond me. Now, McCool is getting better, and I think it's because she's learned a little bit from The Undertaker. But let's face it. The girls that can wrestle in that bed don't have the championship belt. The exception of that team. Yeah. Because Beth can go. Oh, yeah, Beth home. Beth yeah. reminds me of, like, China, only, like, way prettier. <laughs> <laughs> like, she could beat the guys up. I mean, I believe Beth is really good in that. Yeah. Candace Michelle, fire the bitch and send her back to GoDaddy. She can't do it in the ring. <laughs> Anymore. She is a fucking dog. Yeah. And she doesn't deserve to be there. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. You know, only got Nikki James and fucking Beth Phoenix that can really wrestle. That's it. Kelly Kelly has shit. Like, and she's the one that's getting the push right now. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's weird. I, I really don't understand it myself. Oh, let's push Kelly Kelly. She can't fucking wrestle, but some of the guys think she looks pretty good. Oh, I, I don't get it. Yep. I, honest to God, don't get it. All right, well, um, that's basically Raw Smackdown and ECW. And Sting and AJ continue here. It's uh, your turning point. And right now, Sting is taking over on AJ. AJ's down. It's been a pretty even match as they've both gone back and forth over the last 10 minutes or so. AJ with a nice backbreaker. Basically, well, don't don't forget that uh, Disco Inferno and Simon Diamond were cut as TNA agents this week. That's true. There was a lot of rumors going around that they were going to be doing some cost-cutting measures in TNA. Um, but granted, that, that kind of hurts a lot of the younger talent. I mean, like, who do you get rid of? Who do you keep? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the main event Mafia stays. I can't see Saban and uh, Shelly going anywhere. Obviously, Joe and Styles aren't. Yeah. Obviously, Jay Lethal's not. Well, all, all their money must be going to Sting, I guess. Where's that least on Jay Dutch? Cook out Val. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I found it funny that, uh, like, with TNA, once, and that's an example, with TNA, once the gimmick ends, it's over. Like, Jay Lethal should have been, after Sanjay Dutch, in the, that entire match, in that 10-way elimination, to start us off, Boy, over two and a half hours ago, but he basically just stayed on his side of the ring. Late, uh, Dutch stayed on his side of the ring. There was no real interaction, but it's just, it's just like, well, I lost the match, I lost the belt, I lost the girl. Well, now what's next? In typical TNA and typical Russo West special. My question is, why don't we just, why don't they just change Jay Lethal back into Jay Lethal? Let him be Jay Lethal, the guy that can fucking go out there and have a hell of a match with anybody. Well, I mean, if he can, if he can be a really good wrestler with the gimmick, and he can be a really good wrestler without the gimmick, you might as well stay with what's familiar, I would think. Well, then why not hire guys to be Ricky Steamboat? <laughs> why, not, why not hire somebody to be a Shawn Michaels and, and just fucking steal all the gimmicks you can and just make TNA the gimmick-stealing company? I mean, seriously. We got Shark Boy running around as fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, still, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I get boy. sick of seeing this shit. I really do. Yeah, exactly. With the Crusoe book in this shit, my God, please stop. Well, we were, Rob was featuring a special countdown as to the exact second the ticket sales would, would begin for WrestleMania 25 down in Houston, Texas. And, uh, 
it's not even anywhere near to be sold out yet. Well, let's not forget, Houston, Texas has had some bad things happen to them in the last couple of months. Yeah. They had a seriously fucked up flood from a hurricane. Definitely. So maybe people in Houston can't afford to go to WrestleMania because they're rebuilding their houses yep. and taking care of stuff. Yeah, actually, I talked to somebody from Houston uh, earlier this week, and they said that, that uh, they made it out okay, but just a lot of friends there are still suffering and, and still trying to recover, and it, it's still going to be a long process for for, that, for those people in Houston. So the story in Houston and Jeff and in Galveston, more more moreover, is is still continuing for those uh, for those victims of that hurricane. And let's not forget that the economy in the United States and here in Canada has gone to shit. Yes. And people can't afford $500 to go see WrestleMania. Well, especially, don't forget, like, in the past where they would promote WrestleMania, that people were coming coming from all 50 states and, like, 12, 10, or 10 of the uh, 13 provinces and territories in Canada, and that a lot of people make their major vacation every year that they save, for up, save up for the other 11 months of the year to be a trip to WrestleMania. And that's probably a significant percentage of the growth is, is those people that are saying, well, you're expecting me, considering everything that's going on with the economy right now, to put down money to book a, a flight and a, and a vacation package to go to Houston for WrestleMania. And let's face it, with it being WrestleMania 25, something needs to be done. I mean, you need to have a match that's going to that's gonna really sell tickets. And as of right now, nothing's really pointed to any specific direction. Right, and I mean, right now, the, apparently the, the main floor seats are sold, which is understandable. Like I've said a thousand times on the, on the hundreds of shows I've been on, I wouldn't want to sit in the 38th row on the floor. I'd rather be up in the stands. And especially with something like WrestleMania, maybe if you've got a good view of the ring, you, don't have, you probably don't have a very good view of everything else. Let's face it, I wouldn't want to attend WrestleMania 25 if the main event was going to be Vladimir Kozlov taking on Jeff Hardy and Vladimir Kozlov going over. Yeah. If it's going to be Jeff Hardy, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a main event like WrestleMania, right? But, yeah. And, I mean, Survivor Series is usually always the, the chapter one of the WrestleMania, Road to WrestleMania story. Royal Rumble being chapter two. And I think, like with this whole Shane Stephanie issue right now, I think they're going to start planning the seeds for WrestleMania that much earlier to maybe convince fans that they need to uh, buy their tickets now. Shane delivers the Scorpion Death Drop to AJ Styles and goes for the cover for these possible items or soon as. But, or they may, uh, they may regret their, uh, their, their laziness and, and be shut out. But right now, WrestleMania 25, it, it could be a huge event. And right now, they don't want to be blacking out a lot of sections, I have to admit. I mean, uh, the raw that happened in Tucson, Arizona, the night after the most recent pay-per-view, Cyber Sunday, they had 12,500 in Phoenix for Cyber Sunday, only drew 4,500 for, uh, for raw in Tucson the night after, which is like... Uh, New Blood Millionaires Club Nitro numbers. AJ went for the Styles Clash. Sting blocked it. Sting with the Stinger Splash on AJ Styles. Don't forget, if you're in the chat room and you'd like us to, to talk about a certain topic or ask us a question or give us your thoughts, you can private message us and play that showdown in the uh, chat room or send, send us an email 
send in a shout, send in a showdown at hotmail.com. Obviously, you can contact us 24-7. And uh, if you're not on our Facebook uh, group, you can certainly join. We'd oh, love yeah, to have you. Forums are active. The forums are completely reset and restarted and uh, white clean and post your thoughts about what's going on in the business and, and we'll use that as a resource for, for questions and topics in the future as well. So it, it's still there. All, all the old names and, and aliases are still there, but just, it's all been reset and relaunched. And I mean, the site looks really good too, I think. I, the uh, designers have done a very good job and, uh, and we're going to be doing even more with it in the, in the uh, foreseeable future. So. Hey, AJ and, uh, and Sting here continue. AJ with a power bomb to Sting off the top rope. Going for a superplex and somehow got managed, turned into a power bomb, I guess. He's been a, he's been a pretty good match. Not to show Taylor, but uh, not bad either. No, not bad at all. AJ, I think, is going for his final tap. Sting prone. Viral tap delivered to Sting. AJ's trying to recover as Earl Hebner is counting both men down right now. We still haven't seen ICP and Scott Hall yet. If you're wondering if they got involved in the Nash show match, they did not. And like I said, there was absolutely no sign of anything untoward happening between the referee getting knocked out and recovering to get the pin. It was just a straight out it was just a straight out brawl. Although here come Booker T and Kurt Angle. And that's the we're not going to see some more Joe come out to his age because Joe's out. I don't mind that whole thing now with, uh, oh, Mr. Paley kick. Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. Three count for Sting. Four for four. I was right. Well, then this gimmick's dead. They've won. The main event mafia, four for four, ladies and gentlemen. It's not dead. They just have to bring in some new blood. Now they're going to have to go over for the next show. This is, this is pathetic. They won every fucking match tonight. Missed the Pele kick, a quick uh, turnaround roll-up for a trapping three rather than a, a knockout three. But uh, well, congratulations to Sting for, like, keeping a belt for another consecutive pay-per-view. That's a record for him. <laughs> In TNA, yeah. And I think they got uh, Scott Steiner a, a one-size-larger suit for tonight. But four for four for the Mafia. Unbelievable. Wow. Unexpected. I guess it was apropos that this was called Turning Point because it really turned a corner. You know what? They changed the names the last three or four years. The names have been, have been one way, and now they've been rotated so that tonight could be Turning Point versus the old names of the November paper. Wow. And uh, I think now we know why. Well, look at it from beginning to end. Eric Young wins the, uh, the 10-man elimination tag, or 10-man elimination X Division match over Jay Lethal as the second-place finisher. Very solid contest. I thought very entertaining. Everybody got their spots in, and then a whole bunch of quick eliminations. Very solid. Roxy Laveau and Taylor Wilde of Austin Kong reach Saeed. It's a perfect strategy. Get, get Austin Kong into the... Uh, into the uh, entrance way, off the apron, in the weaker wrestler. Made more made sense to me. Rhino with the military introduction defeats Bashir, Sheikh Abdul Bashir, and uh, 
Hopefully that can change into something else, but we'll have to wait and see. Beer money over the machine gun in about a 15 to 20 minute classic that they had. Really, really good match. Uh, Booker and Christian, very solid, I thought. And Kurt Angle over this in a crazy false count anywhere match. Kurt Angle doing that 360 dive off the top of the stage and then uh, Abyss falling through the Spanish announce table for the Falls Count Anywhere victory. And of course uh, Sting with the roll up over AJ and honestly you have to say Kevin Nash dominated and beat the holy hell out of Samoa Joe. There was a low blow before the referee recovered but it was a hardcore match. It was a no DQ match anyway so it didn't really matter. You know what though, Nash. Uh, Nash is impressive tonight. It's not. Uh, it's not very often you see uh, Big Grampy pull out some moves Big and, and do something. He was. Uh, it was really effective tonight, and showed that he still has a little bit of heart left. And uh, good for Kevin Nash. But again, I, I think it sucks that they won all four matches. At least one match should have been won by the by the guys. Like seriously. You can't have the main event mafia go over everything. This is the NWO all over again, and it's just—I don't know. If it's, it's a sign of things to come, it's not going to be good. Well, like I said, I mean, if, if it's the Alliance, the New World Order, whatever it is, uh, the Four Horsemen—they have to dominate at the beginning to show they're a legit group, and but they can't completely dominate everything, like. If, if uh, Randy Orton eventually leads the second generation group, they're going to have to dominate right away at the beginning. Cody Rose will have to win a singles match. Ted DiBiase will have to win a singles match. Manu will have to win a singles match. But at the same time, they can't go completely uh, uh, completely undefeated either. AJ Styles... What's the fucking gang signs? What's the third angle to gang signs? is fucking hilarious. <laughs> his first title shot in probably at least a year, year and a half, if not, if not a whole whole lot longer, but uh, as, as TNA as TNA disappears turning points into into fading to black, then uh, that is a wrap. That is an absolute wrap, and we are through another pay-per-view show here on Sunday Night Showdown. As, as horrible as it was for you guys to listen tonight, I know you suffered through, but you appreciate it. Well, you know what I thought the show, like, I mean, the, the show was very solid. Like I said, we went over the matches a couple minutes ago. All the all the matches were very very solid, and uh, just once again, the booking is a question mark. It's, it's interesting to say the least the decisions that were made and, and how it'll happen. But we'll have to wait and see. Have to wait and see. We will. Uh, well, on behalf of Boom, Internet Dave, and myself, money on the mic, DJ Sexy. We're getting the hell out of here. That was uh, Turning Point, the latest pay-per-view offering from TNA. Join us in two weeks to bring you Survivor Series live, either from Bottoms Up or from Mikasa here. Yep, we'll figure that out. And uh, stay tuned for a podcast probably in about seven days on on November the 15th. So we'll record it 15th, sorry. We'll record it uh, Saturday and post it. Sunday morning, so check out SundayNightShowdown.com, and once again, once we get it set up with iTunes, we'll post the iTunes link on the website, and of course, the links to our two previous shows are uh, in the archive section, so please check those out if you've missed those, but 
I think we're good to go for another uh, for another night for another day for this. I think so. With that being said, uh, I'm getting the hell out of here, bitches. See you next time. Thank you.